0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: There is nothing more intoxicating than the meld of emotions and sensations that is Friday night. Friday night is the sound of that crowd, the pride of that community, the way that that grass smells. I've never felt in my adult life the way that I felt on Friday nights. That's what those kids are playing for. They're playing for that emotion. They're playing for that brotherhood and all of that sensory input that comes from Friday night. That's why they're playing high school football in this country. It is this common thread that weaves through the American fabric. Whether you live in Compton, California, or you live in Appalachia, if you played the game at the high school level you have this common bond of representing that community anyone who disparages where the game is based on myriad reasons i'm not buying it i'm around the game every day on these campuses i see the impact it has on these young men i see the way that these coaches are able to grow high school boys into NFL or professional men and it's just beautiful.
2: Good afternoon, everybody. It's 6 o'clock on Thursday afternoon. And, of course, uh, getting closer to the end of the month here on
0: Central, which is good
2: news for those school ranks because that means we're just a little bit closer to kickoff in the Palmetto State. Again, about a month away from the season beginning. And we will definitely have you covered from top to bottom from the first quarter to the fourth quarter and even some of that free football that's going to happen in between. Now, of course, we're coming to you live. Today from Somerville, South Carolina, here at the studios, and of course, this is the one and only, of course, uh, Southern Sports Center. I'm Rich Yelba, alongside Eugene Benton. Uh, Eugene, I'm going to bring you in, my friend, as uh, it's been a very busy day. we got a lot to talk about, got a lot of great guests coming in here today, and uh, again, we're going to cover two athletes in South Carolina, one up in Columbia, one over in Mount Pleasant, Well, then Uh, Take one over to North Carolina. This young man's a freshman, almost hit 1,000 yards starting as a freshman. And, uh, again, we'll we'll have that conversation with him. And then we end up in uh, Illinois with uh, the big man who uh, has uh, been camping quite a bit, got a lot of opportunities ahead, and he is in East St. Louis, Illinois. So, uh, of course, uh, Jay Williams, the commissioner, of the South Carolina Youth Football Association. Uh, He'll be joining us at 6.30, talking to us about uh, the weekend upcoming as they're going to be playing in North Charleston for uh, a little scrimmage, a little bit of uh, preseason, if you will, before the season kicks off. I believe not this weekend, but next weekend. So Eugene and I and a few others will be covering that right here on Southern Sports Central come Saturday, a week from, well, this weekend. But we will be there as long as uh, the, the rain holds back. And, uh, of course, it's not too wet, I guess. They'll still play the game this weekend. And then uh, also on Saturday, there's uh, more training going on as uh, Coach uh, Sullivan. And uh, a lot of the guys are going to be getting together in the low country. That means defensive backs, running backs, tight ends, I think, are going to get some work in. Offense and defensive linemen are going to be a part of this function happening. Uh, on Saturday morning, between 10 and 12, here in the Low Country. So if you're one of those guys, reach out to us over there at So Sports Central inboxes. We'll get you the information. But it is going to be a five star cast of trainers getting it in for the season. Kind of gets in, and again, as you guys there in Dorchester County, I, you got about a whole week under your belt. And I'm excited to see uh, those guys getting back after it. If you're in Charleston County, you got a couple weeks under your belt. And uh, Berkeley County, well, it's like you guys never stop. I mean, you guys keep doing your thing. But also keep doing his thing is uh, Coach Eugene Benton. He's been kicking the ball around with uh, his kicking camp and working one-on-one. Eugene, what's up, big guy? How's life on the other side of the glass?
3: Oh, man, it's awesome, dude. And, uh, you know, I was
2: out at – speaking at the
3: North Charleston and the youth games coming up, I was out there um, Tuesday morning really early. And uh, those guys, they had the whole crew out there – Cutting grass, painting lines, measuring, putting sticks out, uh, painting numbers, getting all the uh templates and things out there to make that field look nice, man, over at Danny Jones here, uh over in uh, Park Circle. So it looks like the, they'll be getting ready to go. I know one of the kids I was training with, uh he's really excited to uh you know, be able to kick the ball. Uh you know, he's he's really excited. He said, you know, first play of every game you gotta kick the ball off so you know, if it's his team kicking the ball off, you know, this team's receiving. He's really excited about that. So, uh, you know, those guys were out there working hard, making that field look really, really nice for those young men uh, and ladies uh, when they start playing football in the next couple of weeks over at Danny Jones. And, uh, yeah, it's been it's been a busy day. Uh, had some stuff on the home front. We're getting some, some things done on that level. And, uh, you know, it's been um, working through some schedule stuff with some guys, trying to get some guys up to Charlotte. Uh last night I heard from um I got a, a really cool message from a, a two time Super Bowl champion kicker who lives up in the Charlotte area and uh he also wants to meet up uh here in, in the Charleston area soon and uh wants to see about training some training together and doing some things together. So I was pretty excited about that. Uh Mr. Reed uh spent a couple of years um with the Steelers and won two Super Bowls with them. So I was pretty pumped to get that message from him and uh you know, some things are kind of underway with that and, and a possible uh, competition coming up. Um, looking at some fields, uh, the airport field didn't work out uh, because of the rescheduling and shuffling. They had a scrimming schedule for the day that we were going to use the field for a kicking competition. So I talked to a coach with a very nice field. You know, the uh, Taj Mahal, as you've called, referred to it. And uh, we're going to see if we can't move it to that location. So, well, that, that's still uh, up in the air. So as soon as we get a location, we'll be able to, to you know, put a flyer out and try to get some guys from Georgia, North Carolina, South Carolina, whoever wants to come. Uh, and Mr. Reed, again, you know, the, the guy I was just talking about, from, you know, played with the Steelers. He's interested in being a part of that as a you know kind of a judge or to run the camp, talk to guys, and kind of you know put it out there with what he does. And uh, you know, he, he's a great reference. You know, you don't you don't play for an NFL team and then. Uh, win Super Bowls if you don't know what you're doing. So, again, that's a top-notch guy. He's based out of the Charlotte area, so really looking forward to linking up with him soon in the Lowcountry. Now, I offered to come up to Charlotte, and he said, man, he wants to come here. So, really excited about that. But um, before we get too far, you know, I don't want to go into details because we don't have a whole lot of details, but just want to say our hearts go out, our thoughts and prayers, you know, with the young man uh, from Ashley Ridge, uh, his family and friends and teammates and coaches and Uh, administrators and fellow students, everyone there at Ashley Ridge. um, Such a tragic situation. You lose anyone but uh, a young man. It's so promising at such a young age. But, uh, you know, I just want to say that um, from Southern Sports Central and you and I personally, we just, uh, you know, it's heartbreaking to hear of a tragic loss of anyone. Um, But, you know, especially someone who's uh, so young, so full of life, with so much ahead of them. But, uh, you know, it's a beautiful day out You know, a lot of football being practiced around the low country. Uh, The word come out that they're uh, going to 2.0 here in the next couple days. looks like uh, by the end of the week or maybe even Monday. So, uh, you know, I know teams and coaches and everybody's kind of looking forward to taking that next level, putting on uh, whatever else 2.0 looks like. Uh, It might just be more guys on the field. And then uh, September 8th is still online for uh, putting on those pads. And, uh, you know, popping pads and kind of getting ready for those uh, September 25th kickoffs. So, you know, a lot, lot's been shaking around the low country. I know you got some news and uh, some things going on with you as well and uh, the brand. And so, you know, looking forward to it, man. Looking forward to hearing what Jay's got to say when he comes on at 630 because, like I said, those young bucks, you know, he made the call. They made the call as a, as a crew and as a commissioner to get these kids out there and let them play. So I know they've been practicing and getting ready. I know, like I said, I've been training one of them, and uh, he's really excited, man. He's really excited to get out there and, you know, suit on that Ashley Ridge gear with that flat, fancy helmet and those nice jerseys and represent. So, uh, And I know a lot of youth uh, guys are. So, um, you know, and then, like you said, we got a bunch of elite talent coming on. These guys have been showcasing where they can showcase their talents, you know, not afraid of competition, going out there trying to get better. You know, like I said, we, we go South Carolina, North Carolina, Illinois, yeah. That's the way to grow the brand is when you got, you know, we had California on, we've had Texas, and we've had Alabama, we've had Georgia, uh, South, you know, like I said, South Carolina, North Carolina, we talked to some guys up in the Tennessee area, so here we go out to Illinois, East St. Louis, and um, that's pretty excited. you know, can't wait to get the big man on here, but, you know, that's how we do we got to kick the ball off and uh, get the show rolling, buddy.
2: Yeah, you know uh no doubt Eugene uh mentioned uh, this and uh I'm gonna kinda touch on it a little bit more. Uh for you guys who uh probably heard the news uh, here in Somerville, uh a high school right outside of Somerville. It's uh considered one of the Somerville schools, the Vashley Ridge, a five uh, A high school here in the low country. Uh, you know, had a, a some tragic news come out on Wednesday morning, uh, on a sixteen year old young man who uh after attending football practice, um, from our understanding, was found um, unresponsive in the shower. Uh, The young man's name is Amari President. Uh, He was found, again, uh, unresponsive in the shower on Tuesday evening, actually, after returning home from a practice over at Ashley Ridge. Uh, Of course, uh, there's not been any word on on the cause. And at this point, you know, I, I, I know there's a lot of people who are curious, but for me, the cause is, 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 yes, it's important so that we can learn, I guess, uh, everything, what's going on with the young man, but just the fact that, that here's a 16-year-old man who not only was a football player, who not only was a son and, and, and a huge impact in the community, not just at Ashley Ridge, uh, this young man was, was heavy into politics. Uh, he had been um, a, a huge part of uh, politics was, was one of his things, and, and, and how fitting his last name is President. You know, um, And well, having served as a volunteer for Joe Biden's campaign in South Carolina, as well as uh, Marlon Gibson, who's a Senate campaign, and uh, to hear a young man or a young woman being called home so early at 16 years old, it it, it broke my heart on Wednesday. I've had the pleasure of, 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 and I thank God more now than ever, to cross paths with this young man have had some conversations with them, and thank God for Southern Sports Central for the platform here allowed that to happen. President, by the way, is a very big name around uh, the Somerville area, and they have a ton of great athletic um, males, females, and just great individuals that come out of um, that family line that is really, uh, you know, I know is, uh, is, is really sent shockwaves through. Now, of course, uh, Coach Shane Fiddler, who is a big-time contributor here on Southern Sports Central, who has joined us on numerous occasions, even in his days at Walker Mall, he, he comes in, takes over a program, and he went on to say, "In quote, very sad day for us. Uh, that was one of the many quotes that he put out there. Now, before Coach Fielder was Kenny Walker, who now, of course, is over at Fort Dorchester, and um, he had been uh, the head coach over there for the Swamp Foxes before stepping down earlier this year. a statement by Coach Walker, he said, I have a heavy heart today, Amari was involved in so much with the school football program. He played JV football and helped out on Friday night, setting up equipment, video, you name it. He was always there to help. I could always count on him. He was all in for his school and team. When I was having a bad day, all I had to do was talk with Amari, and the day got better. My thoughts and prayers go out to the President family and the Ashley Ridge High School and we'll add that with the community. Now, again, guys, it has been a 2020 to, to forget. You know, we talked about to remember, but this is uh, just one of many tragedies that, that we sit here and um, we go through and we try to understand. It. And this is one of those ones that right now we don't understand. Uh, I'm sure those young young individuals, his classmates uh, that he has, his his, his family members, that are going through things right now and and trying to just understand what's going on. And, uh, again, our hearts and our prayers and and all of our thoughts and condolences go out to the entire family, go out to the entire community. and, And of course over there to the football program, because this young man is, uh, you know, that's one thing about these young men and women, these athletes, they're not just athletes on the football field or baseball fields or whatever you know, uh, battlegrounds they go into. These are individuals who make big-time contributions to their community, who go out and, and make huge impacts in and around not only the sports world, but as you see this young man, and what a fitting name as a president, to be involved into politics and was very passionate about it. And from my understanding, his passion ran very thick. And anything that he put his hands on Or any conversation that he had, he was one of those young men that would shake your hand, he would look you in the eye, and he would have that solid conversation of insurance. Basically saying, I appreciate you giving me the time. We're going to take a quick moment of silence for this young man and his family and those over at Ashley Ridge. We'll play a song and we'll come back and we'll continue the show. But we just want everybody to know that, listen... Take that moment very, very serious. Take take every opportunity you have to say hello to somebody and make sure you say goodbye to them. Because we've seen this oh too many times right here on the show with so many athletes and coaches and administrators and different individuals. Could the Lord calls home for whatever reason. We're here left behind trying to figure out why. Quick moment of silence, gentlemen. We'll come back, guys. We'll have the rest of Southern Sports Central as you're live right now. And Blog Talk Radio coming to you from Somerville, South Carolina. We'll be right back, guys. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Richie Rich Yellman. And alongside Eugene Bent coming to you live from the Factory Sports and Fitness Training Studios. We're glad to have you here with us today. Make sure you're following us on Facebook at Southern Sports Central and on Twitter at Sports Central. Now, throughout tonight's show and throughout all of our interviews, Eugene will be the man behind, well, the Internet, as he'll be punching up all the quotes from today's guests that come on as he does it all throughout today's show and any other show that we're Able and, and lucky and fortunate enough to have these guests that come in here and give us some of the greatest quotes and slogans that we could ever think of. But they're always charted right there on the Twitter page at So Central. Now, I mentioned it a little bit earlier, uh, and we'll kind of talk a little bit about it now, but we do have a very impressive group of uh, not only the commissioner that's going to start us off from the South Carolina uh, Youth Football Association, Jay Williams. He will be kicking off at 6.30. As it always does here at 6.30 on a Thursday afternoon, getting us ready for this weekend. And by the way, the action is going to be incredible on Saturday. Can't wait to get over there and watch these young guys ball out. But after he is put away, and, of course, we start off at 7 o'clock, getting in with the uh, the guys that all participated in the Carolina Experience Prep Football Showcase this past Saturday. Of course, we broadcasted live, had also some TV coverage as well. We've got not one, not two – not even three, but yet four individuals coming from four different areas. And uh, all new gentlemen who have yet to be on the show uh, will join us here tonight. We'll start off over there in Mount Pleasant. And uh, that's right here in South Carolina over there, uh, Oceanside. Uh, he's an athlete overall, I'll be honest with you. He's a linebacker and a running back. Rhett Powell joins us at 7 o'clock, coming in at 5'11", 200 pounds. Uh, again, very poised for a big-time junior season under Joe Call. We'll talk to him. About that. Then we take the butts all the way to North Carolina where we'll check in with a running back. He's a class of 2023. That's right. He's an upcoming sophomore. He had almost 1,000 yards rushing as a freshman, almost 2,000 all purpose yards. So receiving and rushing, he's really put himself on the map. But he comes in at 5'8, 145 pounds. Sean Brown will be joining us at 7'20 talking to us about how he has stayed in shape. He was also there balling out this past Saturday. Then at 740, we'll be checking in with Mikel Mason. He is uh, one of uh, the big guys over there with Ridgeview. That's Coach Perry Parks' big guy. Uh, He's going to come in. He's a strong safety. He comes in at 6'2", 200 pounds. And, again, part of that no-fly zone, part of the uh, secondary. And these boys got some defensive players because we've had a bunch of them over here already on the show. He's uh, the newest member of the Southern Sports Central to represent, of course, Ridgeview and Coach Perry Parks as fellas ready to ball out on the show tonight at 740. Then how about this? At 8 o'clock, we're going to take that plane because we can't take a bus. It would take way too long to get all the way to, of course, uh, Missouri, right? Well, not really Missouri, but it is on Illinois, the border, if you will, at East St. Louis where uh, we're going to be checking in with this big man who comes in here ready to ball out. He comes in at 6'7", 350 pounds. He's a big-time offensive tackle, Miles McVeigh, uh, Everybody saw him, of course, not only this past Saturday. If you were at the Infinity Camp in Atlanta, you saw him there as well. But he brought eight or nine or ten or twelve or however many dudes he brought with him, part of his team, and they looked like the Florida Gator. Funny story, because you know Eugene, he is a huge Florida Gator fan. So as we get out of the truck, he sees this guy who is actually – Mr. Miles McVay's father coming up with a look like a Florida Gator hat on. Well, they're the Flyers. It looks just like the Gators. Same blue, same orange, same everything. Eugene pulls out that famous jacket that we've heard all so much about and says, man, I love the Gators too. (laughs) The guy looked at him like, Eugene, I'm going to bring you in real quick, brother, because he talked about you on Sunday when he and me and and a couple of the guys and uh, parents sat down in Charleston before they got on the plane and headed back to illinois and he said uh he said yeah man you know it happens to me all the time because we were talking about the colors of uh, of the flyers and of course they look just like the board i mean it's the same blue same orange same everything he said matter of fact when we were at that camp on saturday i had this guy want to show me his jacket and i said oh that's eugene he goes man that happens all the time he said matter of fact when we went down to Gainesville for a visit we went down there looking at the campus my boy is pretty big they thought he was on the football team. They told him to get over there and start working out. Why is he standing here? <laughs> so I thought that was kind of interesting, um, you know, but you can only imagine, you know, that probably happens a good bit. Well,
3: you know, and, and to top it off, the F is the same uh, block block type F, same font that's on the middle of the Florida Gator field, man. So, uh, and on the white helmets, when they go with the white helmet with the blue F. So, uh you know, I get it branding and logo, and it's a flyer. But man, that F is uh, really close to to the Florida F, and the blue and the orange it sticks out. And when you put it on a six foot six, three hundred pound lineman, man, everybody, it's easy to assume that guy's, you know, a, a player already on the team because uh, he's probably bigger than some of those cats they have on the team. You know, even that uh, he was a mountain of a man to be, you know, still in high school and. Uh, the receiver, they had a receiver there that was just so good. He won every rep, I think, but but one. And, um, you know, the guy that seemed to, to do well with him, and that was a battle. It wasn't like he lost that rep. was a kid uh, from Huff High School who has multiple Power 5 offers. So, uh, you know, those guys are definitely trained up. And I believe uh, they said one of the guys told me, you know, they're coming off a state championship or played in the state championship mm-hmm. last year. So, you know, those guys are super talented. They did bring the cream of the crop, and they had about seven of them. It looked like they could play for a college team uh, today. And uh, But, yeah, it was kind of funny. You know, they're walking by with all those big blue F's on and all the blue and orange gear from their uh, cleats to the head. And, uh, you know, sure, sure enough, when I brought out the reptilian jacket, you know, the guy kind of looked at me like, yeah, I get it but we're not the gators <laughs> so um, yeah, we're, we're the flyers but uh you know later i did talk to him, talk to him and he said yeah that was a pretty wild looking jacket you got there and if um uh, no one's seen it it actually looks like the scales the whole jacket is a green jacket it looks like the scales going down the gators back so uh and it's got the logo on the heart there on the chest so um anyway it was, it was for a good laugh and uh once once I figured out you know the F meant flyer and not Florida, it was uh it was kind of funny.
2: Yeah, no doubt. And again, it was all fun because he uh, had actually reached out to me on Sunday. I was uh, actually walking out of church, and my phone goes off. I look, and it's an Illinois number, and I'm thinking I don't know anybody in Illinois. I answer the phone, and there he is talking. He said, "Hey, look, we're coming through uh, in about 45 minutes. Uh, let's catch up. You you, you want to catch up? And grab something to eat before we jump on a plane." And I said, "Hey, let's do it." But uh, it it was very interesting because here I go. I just got out of church. I've got on my blue visor or my blue blazer, excuse me. uh, My nice shoes, my nice shoes, everything. I was ready to go, and of course, uh, my Sunday best. And here comes these other dudes, and they look like the Florida Gators. I can only imagine when we walked in. uh, It it was interesting because you know there's a little bit of a wait here at this restaurant that we were eating at at Carolina Alehouse. House, and and uh, the guys I said, look, I got some friends coming in. They're going to have to get on a plane. He said, no problem, we got you covered did what he needed to do, get us where we needed to be, socially distanced, of course, and that's a serious note there. Um, got us situated and, and, and checked on throughout the day, checked on us. I mean, and then when I got up, wherever he came up, I, I swear I thought he came from under the boot. I didn't even see him coming. He comes over, made sure we were good to go. Everything was happy. He was good. But I wonder, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, is this a Florida Gator guy? Maybe he likes the Gators. Maybe he's from Gainesville, and he came up here and took over this restaurant or or something, but – you know, you get a lot of respect when you're walking around with a couple of dudes that are about six foot eight, 6 foot nine, three 325 pounds. It, it kind of makes you look. And, again, I'm only 5'10 5'11 on a good day, 6 foot in a program. And if I'm 200 pounds, I'm lucky. That being said, you know, uh, it, it looked like we had some ballers, no doubt, sitting at the table with us.
3: Yeah, no doubt. And, uh, like I said, you know, those guys were just so well coached. Uh, they, they looked like, you know, like I said, if you saw them, it's, it, you know, you hear six foot five, six foot six, six foot eight, 300 pounds. And, you know, that's huge. Stand next to that dude. you
4: know.
3: I mean, stand next to some of these guys, you know, receivers at six four, two hundred. Uh, you know, the defensive players were, were, were chiseled. Looked like, you know, they, they lived in a weight room taking all their creatine and, and muscle builders and math builders, because, you know, it, it looks like, you know, that's, Kind of must be one of those places where all those kids do is you know like the North Charleston coach was talking about last night where they live at the school and they gotta you know take a broom and shoe them to go home because that's all that seemed like those guys did was uh was play football. I mean they were just so well coached, so well trained, and uh, it, it was fun to watch those guys you know bring bring their brand of football, their type of football, into the Carolinas and play you know up in Charlotte against some of those ballers because you know as you know Huff had quite a few dudes there. They didn't just send, you know, the second-teamers to get the work. They sent first-teamers. You know, the running back was there who's uh, committed to Ohio State. And uh, as we right. found out uh, uh, Saturday morning, the co- one of the coaches was telling me that Huff has 24 guys on their roster with D1 offers. It was 17 two, two and a half weeks ago when we had the uh, the strong safety, now converted linebacker on. and uh, But they have 24 guys. When I was talking to the one defensive backs, he said, "Yeah, it's crazy." He said we had eighth graders last year playing JV. They moved up to ninth grader, ninth grade this year. Uh, moved up to be, you know, either JV guys, starters or backups on varsity. And we had four dudes on our JV team get offers uh, after some seven on sevens this summer. And I was just, you know, it's hard enough for teams to get one offer to one of their guys. You know, on the varsity levels, the rising senior, they got ninth graders on JV have uh, Division One offers—and you know, that's just—it that's just, was just kind of like you just kind of when you hear, hear that, you just kind of sit in awe, you know, to hear that one team has twenty-four guys with uh, Division One offers. And you know, I mean, like I said, it, it's a, it's going to be tough for other teams in the district and, and state to play those guys, but other teams up there do. There are a lot of other teams with a lot of Power Five offers, and you know if that was the case, you know Huff will be back to back to back to back state champions, kind of like uh, Dutch Fork is in South Carolina, but they're not. You know some teams do come in and knock them off, so you know it's 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 it a lot of high level competition in the uh, Charlotte metro area and in the state of uh, North Carolina.
2: Yeah, no doubt. There's a lot of uh, a lot of great athletes in the Carolinas, of course, North Carolina. They've uh, done a great job you know, getting their kids recognized. And I'm going to be honest with you, nonstop, it is continuing to be uh, very understood that the state of South Carolina can ball as good as any state around the country. They did it, I thought, as good as any in Atlanta at the uh, camp that we were at uh, a few weeks before, the one we were at on Saturday at the Infinity Camp. I thought South Carolina showed out and, and drones and did a really good job, uh, won that camp by state, if you ask me. Now, again, I thought they did really well going into this one. There wasn't as many, I don't think, as many uh, South Carolina guys at this camp. Now, there were a lot, but not as many, I didn't think, as what you've had in the past. Here's why. Because South Carolina is basically opening theirs back up, and that is the season, the players. The coaches are now getting their arms around their kids for the first time uh, in a long time. So uh, these kids are, of course, uh, you know, they're going to report to their schools and to their practice, and that's why you're not seeing as much – one-on-one training that's why you're not seeing as many of these things happening in the state of South Carolina well because they're having a chance to work they're having a chance to get it on with their own team and get that bond built so that's a big deal now not sure if uh, the commissioner is tied up if he does get in here with us Jay Williams will be joining us here uh, hopefully in the next couple minutes if not we'll kind of keep it moving and then we'll uh, catch up because again he's getting ready for a finale of preseason games coming up this weekend over there Danny Jones which if you're here in the Charleston area, you know that's in the North Charleston Park Circle area. We'll be there uh, throughout the evening and the afternoon kind of getting to know some of these young guys and girls. That we're going to be calling the games uh, with, uh, on Saturday night. The game of the week is going to be held right here on Southern Sports Central. Now, that being said, uh, there was some news coming out of Clemson, uh, some good news coming out of Clemson. How about this one where the, uh, the Tigers found out that they will be allowing 19,000 fans to attend the game over in Memorial Stadium, Eugene. That's a very low number in comparison, but it sure the heck beats 500 or anything under the number of 19,000. 19,000 is a big number, and I would imagine you have to still incorporate the band. I'm sure that they'll be in the stands. They will not, if I understand correctly. This was something I heard a while back. Won't be allowed out on the field, but can do their thing in the stands. And then, of course, cheerleaders have to be accounted on that. The ITAs are going to be a big part of this because of the factor of the amount of funds that they put through the, the system over there in uh, Death Valley, but 19,000 fans, at least it won't be crickets, which again, I think last night, the Carolina Panthers and the NFL had something going on, and a couple of our closest friends, um, of course, uh, covered the event and, and said it was very weird, said that it was uh, it was very strange to have an empty house. But you had a football game, a scrimmage, if you will, going on on the field. So that being said, you know, your thoughts on a 19,000 seat, and I guess that puts it somewhere around 25% when it comes down to how many can get into the stadium, And that's, I believe, what the Gamecocks are also facing.
3: With the new addition on to Clemson, my understanding is, you know, that's, that's probably a little hair closer towards 20%. Now I know they don't see 100,000. It is creeping towards that 90,000 mark. Uh, because they do offer, you know, that student section where they can sit on the hill and things like that. Um, but what I was thinking when I heard 19 is that there's got to be a specific number for that or a reason for that, and like you said, they also, you know, will have to have, you know, tickets for, for parents and things like that. I'm wondering also, too, I still have not gotten an answer, and I know it's not the tip top of the priority, but it is a priority in the sense that if they're going to play games in the ACC – SEC, Big 12, and some other schools, you know, they, they probably are going to hold back for some spots for some recruits, I would imagine. So the 19,000, they probably started with, okay, you know, we got to have, you know, this many people for the band, this many people for operations, this many people for cheer, this many people for setup and takedown, you know, and then maybe, I, I don't know for sure, but maybe they left open, you know, we're, we're hopefully, maybe we'll have, this many recruits and if for every recruit you got to add you know two tickets for a parent so if they did all that and let's just say they started at 22,000 uh then they came down to 19 maybe maybe it was something like that it's just 19,000 is kind of an unusual number uh so so I'm sure with all the, the 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 numbers people and everything else up at Clemson you know there's a specific reason for that but um you know, and the IPTAE folks, like you mentioned, uh, you know, they are the big donors, and that does, you know, fund scholarships and, and things like that. And, and uh, you know, I think from what I recall a couple of weeks ago, they did send out an email to the IFTA folks and asked them if they would be willing to consider uh, redshirting their tickets uh, for the season. So, you know, uh, you got to take care of those big-time donors because that, you know, helps your program it uh, helps your facilities and things like that. So it'll be interesting interesting to see, you know, how they dole out those nineteen seats because you gotta keep certain people happy and, you know, you also got the relationships with the high school coaches. You know, both of the schools, big schools in the state, South Carolina and Clemson, have done a good job over the years with uh extending out free tickets to uh coaches, uh football coaches in the state of South Carolina. So I don't know, maybe some of that's accounting for, who knows, but uh, you know, hopefully, maybe we can reach out and if we get someone to either come in, explain the situation, or do uh, dig in some little research when they, you know, I guess, release how they came up with that number, and we can post it out for folks.
2: So here's some information, and this is coming out by uh, the Clemson 24/7 team over there at 24/7 Sports. Uh, now, Clemson Athletics and the Itays will be reaching out to the donors, uh, as Eugene's kind of mentioned in there that did not choose a redshirt option via email on Friday at 10 a.m. with more details on football tickets and parking availability. Now, details on premium seating will be also handled uh, directly. Now, as part of the plan, now Clemson's Memorial State and capacity reduced to that proximate number of 19,000 fans based on a six-foot of social distancing among outdoor seating pods. Uh, now, that depth Valley regularly is an 81,500 capacity, just so you know the difference where they are on the numbers. Now, fans will be seated primarily in pods of two and four. Of course, uh, the guests that are throughout the stadium parking areas will be open three hours prior to announced kickoff times and fans are asked to refrain from tailgating during the 2020 season. That's right. No tailgating. Refrain from tailgating that was a question that Covey asked, the Godfather asked on, I think, Tuesday or Sunday. There you go. There's your answer. They are not encouraging tailgating. Tents and trailers are prohibited. So RVs, I can only imagine is that going to be part of that conversation. We'll see. Now, addition to the capacity for volleyball in the Derby gym will be 250 fans. And soccer matches at Riggs Field will host up to approximately 1,000 fans. Now, the Clemson athletic officials and the FTA staff consider 10 different Seating. Now that, of course, uh, for Memorial Stadium, the proposed blended module provides both the opportunity for social distancing in the stands and ability to, of course, includes as many ite donors and students as possible during the season. So again, you know, there are some things here. Fans who uh, who are listed among the CDC's at risk groups are especially uh, vulnerable and should uh, consider staying at home or refraining from attending the events. Another key point: face coverings are required unless eating or drinking. Good luck with that one. Pre-game traditions like the tiger parade and the tiger walk both postponed. All of that with the post-game traditions will not happen in 2020. Now fans will be seated in pods of two. Or four affiliated guests in socially distanced pods. You keep hearing that word pods; it becomes uh, quite an, a very common phrase here. Each fan will have a designated gate of entry. No stadium re-entry pass-outs permitted. So once you're in, you're in. If you're out, you're out. Don't come back if uh, you leave because you're not getting back in. Now ticketing, uh, when it comes down to, to ticketing, is uh, a mobile for the 2020 season. So you'll be using, of course, uh, it looks like a cell phone for that. And uh, ticket holders provided uh, assigned times for entry. So they're giving us a little bit of understanding because I'm sure Clemson is not the only one that's going to be doing this. This is easily something that's going to be adopted by or has already been issued out by the ACC. And you're hearing some of these rules that are coming out. So, you know, the leaving and coming back not happening. Using your cell phone is going to become a real thing. Uh, Face, uh, as far as coverage, is going to be a massive thing. Good luck keeping you know, these individuals, um, you know, with it on, uh, again, it's going to be a different look, but at least you'll be in the stadium. Now, the lots will open three hours prior to kickoff. Fans are asked to wear face mask covering and remain social distance wherever possible in the parking areas. Now, the parking assignments will be based on seating locations to minimize the contact. Now, a lot closed 60 minutes after the game will be the other thing there. Now upcoming key dates are August 28th, every at Clinton at 10 a.m. ticket holders, um, approximate allocations And stadium area information Distributed via email I'll kind of let you guys read the rest We'll share that here in, in just a minute, Eugene But when you think about it It makes sense They're going to try to park you To the closest entrance and exit To where you're seating And, and that to me shows That they're trying to do everything they can To make as many people as happy As they can And again, it's uh, it's the old rule At the end of the day, you're not going to make everybody happy. You're just not. It's not possible. I was kind of shocked, but not really, to see, Eugene, I'll let you kind of touch on this too, but no tailgating. It is going to be prohibited. So you can imagine campus police will be heavily patrolled as well as state police and local police, probably a lot more state police, a lot of, uh, I would imagine you're you're, going to see a lot of those guys, um, state troopers in the state of South Carolina, patrolling through, making sure that you're in, you're out, and and there's not a lot of hanging out.
3: There's not. And uh, I was actually talking to someone about the South Carolina games, and it's going to be interesting how they enforce that because, you know, Clemson is on campus, so that's a little bit easier to enforce. With the University of South Carolina home games, with so much of that up and down Bluff Road, you know, a lot of that's private property owned by businesses. So that's kind of a little harder to police and say no tailgating. So I'm kind of curious how they'll do that. With with Memorial Stadium being on campus, certainly the, um, you know, uh, campus police there and and the Clemson uh, town, I think it's the town of Clemson, you know, their police department, you know, have a lot more control over that, uh, being that it's not private property. Um, So it would be kind of interesting on that. But uh, just to update on after the West End Zone project, I told you there were some changes at Memorial they're up to eighty six thousand ninety two that they can see um I did a little bit of math, and uh nineteen thousand comes up to around twenty two percent so if they're shooting for that twenty five percent then obviously that they've uh set aside some blocks for you know like some of the things that we were talking about, which must be the uh you know the band the operations the other fans, maybe some um uh parent tickets and things like that to Cause that that would give them about three and a half to four thousand more tickets or seats uh we should say to to get to that um that percentage wise so uh it'll be interesting to see how they're gonna fit them in but um you know for all those people that complain about traffic getting in and out of Clemson games it looks like they won't have that problem but I tell you the uh the local watering holes will uh benefit greatly from this and that uh you know they'll have the TVs on it will give people kind of the chance to uh to, to get together. I don't know if you've ever been to the SO club. Uh, Jen took me up there when we were there for camp um, last summer in a pretty neat venue to watch uh, to watch a Clemson game or any type of Clemson sporting uh, event. And uh, it's very famous there. Uh, a lot of people who have attended or have been a fan, been up there, kind of heard of it. Uh, it's a neat place to grab a bite to eat, and uh, there's a lot of TVs and things like that. So it's kind of an old place. It's a kind of a nostalgia. It used to be a, a filling station is what, in my understanding, why they call it the SO club. Yep. And, you know, you can pretty much hear the stadium from out front. So it'll be kind of interesting to see how, you know, a lot of business owners who've been hurt so badly from Corona, you know, they hadn't had uh you know, a lot of the patrons in, I think, you know, maybe uh, the fall uh, while while we're upset, we can't sit in the stadium. Um, I think these business owners might be able to uh, recruit a little bit of their losses uh, with all those people who won't, you know, be able to uh, sit in the stadium may come out and enjoy uh a good meal with some fellow fans and some drinks and stuff like that, and just kind of, you know, get kind of, you know, we'll start to get back to a little bit of normalcy as, as we talked about. So, you know, I don't know what the numbers will be like and how they can, how many people they can host inside of there, but, you know, if anything, it, it should be, we'll look at a positive side of it. Uh, maybe it'll be a positive side for these establishment owners to kind of start getting easing back towards that black area on the uh, uh, balance sheet.
2: Yeah, I agree, and I think that's the way to go about it, staying positive, and I kind of reinforced that a lot on Saturday when we were at the Carolina Experience uh, Prep Showcase over there in Charlotte. Is hey, Look, let's talk about what you've been doing. We understand you're not playing now, but you're going to play later. What's the positive of that? Well, what's the positive about these fans? And you know, a lot of them are still going to travel to Columbia. They're still going to travel to Clemson. They're still going to go to their local spots, like you mentioned, the intake clubs and, and things like that. And again, I've I've been blessed enough uh, being, uh, I guess, an athlete. You, you rub elbows with the right people, and of course, they want to take you and show you and, and, and have a conversation with you and show you all of the bells and whistles of their university before you commit somewhere. And uh, I got to be honest with you, it's a it's a very rich tradition. There are a lot of rich traditions in Clemson, but there's a lot of them in Columbia. There's a lot in, you know, uh, of course, in Athens and across the country that makes these campuses what they are. And, and when you start to kind of think of things, Eugene. This is probably a very similar module that you're going to see not only in uh, Clemson. You're going to probably see this across the country when it comes to uh, how they're going to handle this, how they're going to maintain everything, and and how things are going to be done. Because, uh, again, when you you put it all in perspective, safety has got to be at the top of the list, and, and I believe that they're going to do a good job with that. Now, also, don't forget. There are also going to be those working inside the stadium. You know, there is also going to be paramedics inside the stadium. So uh, that number is a little more skewed when it comes to how many actual fans will actually be allowed in there. I would imagine that number, and maybe that's why, maybe it is 25%, the number that they released. The other ones that we're not counting is some of these other individuals, Eugene, that we're missing out. Maybe that number, because 22 sounds kind of different to me. That's why maybe the other three uh, percent—they're counting in some of the workers, the paramedics, and, and those who are going to be actually working on that Saturday or Thursday night.
3: That's what I was thinking. It has to be—I I would imagine—has to do with like you said earlier. You know, the band and directors and operations. I, I kind of lumped all those folks in the operations. You know, the people that uh, you know, because it'll be kind of interesting to what kind of concessions they have. You know, maybe obviously probably the bottled water. You won't have any. Uh, fountain drinks you know you won't be able to get the big cups with the sodas I would imagine uh, so it'll probably be bottled water you know there'll probably be light on food if if at all but uh, you know so you definitely got the folks that you know empty the trash and, and, and service the bathrooms and you got folks that you know maintain grounds and facilities and this that and the other so you know electrical people and, and all I mean there's a lot of people things that go on behind a a game that you never even see or you just don't think about because you show up there and you look at the product on the field. So, you know, you got student trainers, you know, there's so many people that go along with other than just the, you know, the, the 10 or so assistant coaches and the 85 to 95 guys on the field for each team, you know, and I would imagine you probably as a host team, you know, I didn't even think about this until just now, what if they have to offer a certain amount of tickets? Because every home team has to offer a certain amount of tickets to uh, opposing fans. What if they are, you know, at least have to offer tickets to parents for the other team? You know, there's there's more seats in the stadium, so I don't know that that's a fact, but you know that that just may be something to, that that's being considered here because the nineteen thousand figure was, you know, such an odd number, and uh, I know. You know, the governor and people have talked about 25%. So if we're looking at 22 you know, there, there's a lot of ways and we can speculate a lot of, you know, seats for that other 3,000 people. But we can certainly fill it up fast when you're talking about all the things and all the people it takes to, you know, put on such a spectacular event because they really are. Other than, you know, the 60 minutes of on-field action, it's a three-hour event. You know, and, and that's not even including the warm-ups and nutrition and people – you know, with the meals and fluids and doctors and everything else. Uh, so, you know, that could be the other three thousand. I'll, I'll be interested to in see if we can actually find someone uh, who who can help us. You know, explain some of those things. And you know, I, I don't I don't know if the city is hosting how many games, but you know, maybe uh, Coach uh, can come on and, and give us an idea because he's been on the show before. Can you know to talk about the operations and things? Maybe he can give us a little bit of insight on what's going on as a uh, you know, we, we try to move forward and and plan for these things.
2: Yeah. I mean, you you talk about, you know, not just, and think about media, media has got to be a conversation here because they're going to have gentlemen and and ladies in press boxes. They're going to have the, those on the sidelines, they're going to have them all around. So they're going to minimize the the actual press passes. They're going to minimize certain things because again, they are doing everything in their power. And I do salute, those who have put endless hours, because trust and believe me, they didn't just wake up this morning or, or, or last night and say, hey, this is what we're going to do. There had to be multiple, multiple scenarios and, and formulas that they had to put together to try to say, hey, this is what we're going to do. Here's the best way this is going to be done. And then put it to a vote, I would hope. I think that's kind of one of the ways that they, that they would have gone about it. But nevertheless, I, I think that you, you look at it and you try to understand, oh, look, they're going to do the best that they can do. They're going to try everything they can try. And speaking of that, because I don't want to catch it up here, we've got about six minutes before we go to uh, the break, and then we're going to start rolling in. A lot of athletes all across the uh, country here uh, that attended the event last Saturday at the Carolina Experience. But uh, a report did come out about 27 minutes ago. There are two likeliest start dates for college basketball. So if you're a college basketball fan, uh, here you go. They're already, while they haven't even started football season, they're looking at a few things, and one of those is November 20th. The other one is December 4th. So that would push the start back roughly about three weeks to a month. Now, of course, uh, this in regards to how football season is going to happen, the thing that football has going for them more than any other sport mm, may not, I guess, other than basketball, let's say that, is that it's an outside venue. You start putting people on the inside, it becomes a different conversation, and you may – have the games because the NBA is showing that they can play the games. They just have to put these guys in, in, in a very enclosed area so that they're only around one another. But it can happen. And you're seeing the NBA has done a great job with keeping all of their players healthy at this point. Things have worked out. And I'm imagining they'll see something similar to that in the college front. And I have heard news with an SEC school, not the Gamecocks, but another school, of how they've been able to manage athletes on campuses and that is the factors of separating them and pushing them around. Now, other kids are coming to campus, so that's going to minimize that opportunity. But it is good to hear for the basketball fans, and I like college basketball. i got to be honest with you, love college football, really like college basketball, and it was a very weird, eerie, eerie March when we didn't have March Madness. So I'm hoping and praying that we can, uh, we can get things together in that regard. But it is good to see, again, if you're just joining us, November 25th, or December 4th would be what we're looking at, college basketball. And, again, you think it was a hard time for these guys and girls to put it together for football, Eugene? Let's wait and see what they put together with basketball, because I can promise you it's going to be a lot smaller crowd inside some of these facilities. And, again, I don't care how big it is, they're going to really have to make sure that there's not one solid mistake during this whole transition.
3: Yeah, and, and Reggie talked about it, you know, with going to some of the schools when he was at Penn State. You know, he said that that noon kickoff uh, Eastern time, 11 o'clock Central for Northwestern, you know there weren't a lot of people in the stands. It was less intimidating. He could only imagine going to play at Alabama with only, you know, 20,000 people in there as opposed to close to 100,000 where it's raucous and things like that. Now, if you're basketball and you go into Cameron Indoor Stadium, I've been there. I was there in January. It's a beautiful facility. Uh, It's a tight facility. It's not as big as you'd think. And uh, but can you only imagine? You know the, how it's not, you know, with the Cameron crazies, how uncrazy it will be with uh, just a, a couple hundred or maybe a couple small thousand people in there. Uh, it, it's certainly not going to be as intimidating. Not, and, and there's limitations on what you can do with artificial noise. And so uh, I think a lot of teams are thinking, you know, hey, you know, here's our chance to go in and knock those guys off on TV because everybody's going to be watching on TV. So. Maybe they'll, maybe they'll get some more interest at some of these other schools. And you know, it's going to be an interesting to see who plays up to themselves, you know, not the crowd. Because everybody tries, when you're a visiting team, you try to take the crowd out by just focusing on what you've got to do. There's going to be a lot of opportunities to focus on yourself when there's not that outside noise of uh, 12,000 people in a basketball stadium or 15,000, whatever it is, screaming in your ears. Same thing as a football stadium, I mean. I might have to go back and revisit some of my training for some of these kickers, man. I I scream at them and have guys surround them when they're trying to kick. And one of my philosophies was if you can do it with 100 dudes screaming five feet away, you should be able to do it with a few thousand screaming a couple hundred feet away. So I may have to change that up. I don't know, man. It's going to be too quiet, I guess. I've trained these guys to perform under noise, so I don't know what to do. I might have to go back and draw on board myself without this crowd noise. But it'll should be, it be interesting, man. I, you know, I think the teams will still fit people in where they need to go. They'll still have the noise. They'll still have, you know, some type of crowd. It's still intimidating whether you go to Alabama or Duke to play basketball or Alabama play football. Whether or not there's 100,000 people there, you go to Memorial Stadium at Clemson, whether it's 20,000 or or, or 86,000 or wherever that number is, you still know that the guys on the other side of the sideline or other side of the court – are still going to be top-notch. They're still going to be trying to, uh, you know, you're just a road bump to them. And a lot of times uh, to get to their national championship achieve, achieve their dreams, just like you're trying to beat those guys. So I think at the end, you know, we'll, we'll see how people respond. I think the first couple of games might be, whether it's football, basketball, might be a little awkward. Uh, you know, if you watch any of the NBA uh, games, it's a little unusual. The baseball stadiums are empty, so that's a little unusual. But uh, I think in the end, you know, you really just got to beat the guy in front of you. We've had a lot of athletes come in and say that's kind of their focus is, you know, team, 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 when I get on that field, my job is to beat the guy in front of me. And I think, you know, we'll, athletes have a way of flipping that switch, especially the very good athletes. And so I think we'll be able to see, you know, the first game, how that responds without – uh uh, you know, packed houses and things like that. But you know, uh, uh, all good athletes, you know, they're gonna focus. They're they're trained to you know have that instinct when the when the ball's kicked or or the ball's tipped off or whatever it is. You know, they'll they'll just be ready to
2: battle. I think. Yeah, I agree with you, Eugene. I think what, uh, it'll be, definitely be glad to see the ball drop, the 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 field goal kicked, whatever it is. Glad to see the hopeful hopeful season. Is right around the corner. Let's go to break because we got to load up the bus with one of the big mans over there at Oceanside. As We've got it parked right outside of the tank. Well, it will be uh, the big man coming in at 5'11", 200-pound athlete. He's a linebacker. He is a running back. He can play about any position on the field. That is Red Powell. He'll be joining us next right here on Southern Sports Central. Guys, don't go anywhere.
5: And think of the summers of the past Adjust the bass and let the alpine blast Pop in my CD and let me run around And put your car on cruise and lay back Cause this is summertime
2: Hey, welcome back, everybody. I'm Rich Yelman alongside Eugene Benton coming to you live from the Factory Sports and Fitness Training Studios right here in Somerville, South Carolina. We're listed a little bit due west outside of Charleston here on the coastline is uh, thoughts and prayers to those on the Gulf coastline. Well, I tell you what, they had an angry storm come through there uh, last night, reminded a lot of us who have lived through Hurricane Hugo of what it's like and what we remember many years ago. But, uh, what they thought was going to be just a little bit of this, that. And boy, did she not like the way you disrespected her strength because she came in there and uh, definitely has left a mark. And we just hope and pray that those took cover, that they are safe, that they are uh, their loved ones are okay. Uh, again, uh, Mother Nature is something that we don't play with. Uh, you know, it's like anything else. Uh, when the ladies tell you to get out of the way, fellas, move. Get out of the way. It's the best thing for you. Let's go over there now to the hotlines because the bus is parked out for a virtual tour. We're back over at Oceanside, and the Temp Farm Hotline has the big man joining us right now. And, of course, uh, we are going to find out what Mr. Rhett Pyle is doing as he is coming back off a big training weekend with us in Charlotte. Now he's been back with Coach Call. Rhett, what's the word, buddy? How's life over at Oceanside?
6: It's good. How are y'all doing?
2: We're good, man. We're glad to have you in here. So, we're going to let you wear multiple hats tonight. We know you're a running back. We know you're a linebacker. I'm sure Eugene would love to see you kick one or two through a field goal at times. But tonight, uh, we'll we'll, we'll kind of get through uh, a lot of that here. So, I do want to say this. First of all, thanks for coming back in here. I know you and I did some TV stuff on Saturday. I think you got some radio stuff in there a little bit as well. But tonight, a little bit less going on around us, right? You're back home. You guys had practice today. Uh, so, so introduce us, uh, for those who don't know who is Pile, man, uh, what year are you? Tell us uh, your positions and, uh, kind of give us a, a breakdown of what you've been doing during the summer to get ready for the 2020 season.
6: Yeah. So, uh, first I'm a class of 2022, I'm a, uh, rising junior, uh, I play linebacker and like over the, over the summer, I've just been working with my uh, trainer, Jeff, we've been doing like a lot of sandwork, cone drills, like working on my feet and my hands, um. Yeah.
2: Now, of course, he's actually been on the show with us as well. He's, uh, of course, a big-time trainer over there on the other side of the river. I'm sure he ventures his way into this side of town, but I know he works a lot with you guys over there. And I actually saw some footage of you with your feet work there. I mean, he's sitting there yelling at you. You're running away from him. You're getting back at him, all footwork, head <laughs> up, it. you know, not looking down to there's nothing going on down there. You need to see. Well, what's the one thing that you've learned from him, spending this summer with him and not around your you're, you know, the school and being able to go to the weight room there uh at Oceanside.
6: Yeah, man, I think it's uh I think it's just experience. Uh a lot of off season training, working on my feet and all that all that kind of stuff. It's just experience. I think a lot of it uh helps me.
2: Now let me ask you this here, Rhett. When you look at being a running back, uh, the footwork it is an, it has gotta be A one A, right? You know, you're you can look to the left, turn your hips to the right and, and then shoot that direction. That it, that's got mm-hmm. its own little thing there, but feet work and linebackers—that's a pretty big thing too. Tell me, what is the similarities that you're able to find as far as being a running back using the drills that you use and how you're taking a lot of what you learn on one side of the ball and using it on the other side?
6: Well, I, I think I have, I think I have pretty good vision, so I think that helps a lot. Um, but on on defense, you're really watching your keys, your guards and pulling and stuff. And uh, at running back, you just gotta let the play uh, process and uh, see what you can make out of it.
2: We're live right now, 5'11", 200-pound junior coming in. Rip Powell, he is, of course, a land shark over there at Oceanside. Glad to have him in here with us tonight, an official visit here with us on Southern Sports Central. We've been blessed to have a lot of your teammates on. we got a lot of your teammates listening. Some of them are hanging out in college right now, on college campuses, checking in with us sure. live. and uh, They're excited to hear your voice, and it just shows us, we're getting closer to football when uh, somebody from the tanks is checking in on Southern Sports Central, brother. When you're at the linebacker position, or maybe let's go to the other side because you just gave me a linebacker scenario. Let's go to running back. As a running back, now you also know what the linebacker's thinking, at least to some degree, correct? So when you're sitting back there as a running back and you're looking across the line and you see that big old boy from, will this year to be Hannah Han or Bishop England looking at you, Do you kind of have a little bit of feeling like you might know what he's thinking because you're that dual threat athlete that you can play two positions?
6: Yeah, I would definitely say you can uh, look at some things and see what's happening on the field. But uh, it it really, uh, I'm just trying to run over somebody. (laughs) That's what I'm really thinking when I'm looking at you.
2: (laughs) Now, of course, he doesn't mention that his family is from Texas and they do everything big in Texas. They run over you. They run through you. They definitely don't run around you because that's how you get picked on, I'm sure. And your dad's probably one of your biggest motivators, man. You know, how big is it to have a dad who played the game, who understands it? And and while I know Coach Call very well, he's a brother of mine, of course, in many ways, I get it, what he does. And I know the staff that he's put together over there is incredible, man. But some of the biggest coaching and and scrutiny you probably get, man, is is that long ride home, right? Even when you score or you (laughs) keep somebody from scoring, you know dad's going to remind you, but you didn't do this.
6: Yeah, uh he's a he's a he's a huge motivation. Uh he's always uh messing around with me. But we have our uh we have our talks all the time. It um, helps a lot. He pushes me to be the best that I can be and uh I try to do that. Try to make them proud.
2: I know you're doing that. Of course, mom, she's also the one. She showed up at uh the camp on Saturday. Now you, me and a couple of our five hundred closest friends up there in Charlotte doing what we do on a Saturday afternoon up there at that Carolina experience and it was great experience for you I thought you did a great job you went against some of the biggest guys out there one of those guys we actually I believe you went against Mr. McVeigh. he's the guy that's going to be coming on here a little bit later the kid from uh, East St. Louis Illinois he'll be joining us here a little bit and of course Chase uh, another gentleman I think I saw you go up against him as well he's that North Myrtle Beach kid but uh, break down the camp for, for, for us here on Southern Sports Central coming from you and uh, and what did you learn out of this? And, and, again, some of the things that you were able to take away and take back to the team and to talk to Coach Call about when you got back on campus on Monday.
6: Yeah. Um, first of all, I didn't go to that many campuses here just because of COVID. And uh, I would definitely say this was one of the best ones. I had a great time. There's tons of good coaches there, uh, great talent. Um, it was really well organized. I liked it a lot.
2: So when you look here and you saw some of the things, what's the biggest thing, minus uh, everything around you that was going on, but once you were told put it on the line, go against this guy on the other side, what is the one thing that you could have taken away with you that you learned the most that that maybe you didn't understand or maybe you didn't know, but you were able to fine-tune it throughout the day on Saturday during your competition? Yeah, I would
6: definitely say during the one-on-one drills, um, stay inside the running back's hip. Um, so I don't get messed up or crushed or anything. But uh, I would definitely say stay inside the inside hip. Uh, coaches were there telling us everything that we're going to do before we get on tape, and uh, I would say that helped a lot.
2: Now, of course, you had one of the coaches there. He's an offensive line coach. One of your teammates also was there, the uh, the big man. Of course, the up-and-coming sophomore uh, was there as well. Uh, how nice is it to, to go that far? You're three and a half hours away and you look over and, and there's a familiar face. There's a familiar teammate. How awesome was it to have that experience and then get off the field and have uh, Coach Rybens put his arm around you and say, all right, well, you did pretty daggum good. We'll talk about it when we get home.
6: Yeah, man. It's it's great to have uh, coaches that supporting us and players there. Um, we love it, man. We love going to camps, and seeing our coaches. There's there's, there's nothing like it. Uh Coach Rivens, me and him, talked after the camp, just got to fix up some some things. You know there's always something to critique.
2: Hey, that's what coaches do. They coach big man. As We're live right now on the campus virtually over at Oceanside hanging out with the one and only, that, of course, Mr. Rett Powell. He's an athlete because he plays linebacker, running back, and he'll do about anything you ask him to do. He's the class of 2020, 22, excuse me, and uh, when we look at it, Rhett. Let's talk education, brother. And I'm going to tell you this. Your genes going to tell you this. Everybody that knows you, that loves you, that cares about you is going to say, brother, this is your biggest year. All right? You've had them all coming yeah. up, but your junior season is your season to put that stamp on the map, to put yourself in check and an opportunity that you only can do yourself right here. So with that being said, let's talk education, man. Have you started to kind of look into education as your up and coming? Junior season is up, and uh, any places right now that's kind of – at least on uh, your 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 top five that you're looking at, helping you get into that next direction,
6: yeah man you gotta we gotta stay on the grades. um that's always number one to go play to that next level, but I would really like to do something with business if that was my major i think that that's uh it's very interesting to me, uh something like entrepreneurship or something like that.
2: I like that. On your own thing, man. Be your own boss. And I tell you what, it ain't all it's cracked up to be, man. Trust and believe me. We'll talk about that off the air. But I'm going to tell you, it's a good direction to be in. And you got a great mom and dad there, and uh, I believe a brother as well, uh, that, uh, of course, uh, great family surrounding. And, of course, having Coach Call now taking over the ranks over at, at Oceanside, you learned a lot from the previous coach uh, coach career. I know he left a lot uh, for you to, to, to work on as well. So that's the cool part about life, young man. As you go through life, you're going to realize that the chapters of your life have certain people in your life, like in Coach Career, now in Coach Call, and Who knows who's going to be? And I'm sure Dad wants you to head to Texas when it's all said and done and, and support that Longhorns shirt. Maybe it's on A&M, but I'm thinking Longhorns. Now, that being said, buddy, mm-hmm. I want to say this. You did a great job tonight. I appreciate you coming in here. I know Eugene will see you before I do, but I am looking forward to watching you ball out, play out, and do some big things. And, again, stay safe, stay distanced, and most of all, enjoy this time i cannot tell you enough man i don't know if we're going to play football at the end of the month in september or not but as long as they keep having you guys practice you practice like it's a game you play it like it's a game and you enjoy it just like it's a game because tomorrow is never promised my friend
6: yes sir, of course thank you for having me
2: you did a great job always a pleasure ladies and gentlemen there you go just like that we bring one in we take one out eugene i'll bring you back in here because we're waiting a few minutes before we check in with another young man, and I believe we're going to head to Charlotte to do that, or right outside, of course, of that area up in North Carolina. But, uh, Rhett, big guy, you know him well. Uh, you know his family well over there because you spent some time as a coach over there at Oceanside. But this young man, I thought he did great watching the way that he not only with his feet, but with his hips when they had him on the defensive side, just really working it out. I would like to see him. I would have liked to see him run the ball a little bit on that side as well because I know. Oceanside is going to utilize him, I would imagine, as a running back as well as a linebacker. And, of course, you know, they've got some dudes over there on the other side with a new addition or or, or two over there at Oceanside. But that being said, his leadership as a junior is going to be a huge role on that defensive side.
3: Yeah, there's only about six returning seniors. Uh, This class of seniors is kind of a small group. But I tell you, he's part of a very gifted and talented uh, 2022 class. You know, last year, him playing linebacker, there are a lot of 2022s that just had to jump up in that varsity role last year. Uh, he came on, uh, he had played running back a lot and some linebacker as a freshman on the JV team. You know, there were games, uh, you know, I, I can think back to a game against Calden County, which is, you know, sort of, uh, I say my pseudo-alma mater, it was Walsborough back in the day, uh, where he had about four touchdowns in that game running the ball. And, uh, you know, he's a guy that came in, as a sophomore was counted on to not only be a contributor but be a starter on at the linebacker position which you know that's not easy it's not easy to make that transition and you know when you're going up against guys who are seniors or are 18 years old you know you're you're 14 15 something like that you know it's a big challenge because it's not only just a an age thing it's a body thing it's a maturity thing things like that you know and and by the, you know, he was a guy that also played on special teams He's the guy who's on the kickoff coverage. You know, lining up. You know, the next spot over from the kicker. Who is? Uh, you know, nobody wants it to get to that deep safety. Everybody, if you're a coach, you know that uh, your kicker is often. You know, the deep safety, and you don't want it to get that far. If it gets to the kicker making a tackle, you got a problem in your coverage. And uh, you know, he's a guy that's kind of stepped on the field anywhere. Uh, coaches have asked him to play. He's still getting some reps at running back. But as everyone knows, with the history last year, there was a guy by by the name of Keegan Williams that was getting all the carries. At running back, and and rightfully so, you know he ended up scoring close to sixty touchdowns, and was uh, doing his thing. He up at uh, UNC Charlotte, where he had some good runs in practice this week, but uh, you know, and, and to watch him progress was just so fun to watch. Uh, there was a the the featured photo when we put him out there with him at a Well Branch playoff game. It was muddy, it was cold, it was about forty four degrees and pouring rain. There was standing water between the thirty and thirty. Uh, so about 60, about 40 yards of just standing water on that field. And, uh, you know, we knew going in that uh, that was the bread and butter from um, from Whale Branch. They were going to run the ball. They had two great running backs. Uh, one of them's up doing this thing up at Walford, And so uh, for the linebackers to just come in and make plays. And then, it, you know, Oceanside got a little lead, nothing crazy. Uh, you know, for a team that's been scoring about 50 points a game, is about 21 to nothing. You know, and those guys were trying to make a little comeback. And, uh, you know, he jumps in there at linebacker and, and intercepts a pass uh, at about, uh, I think about the 20-yard line, returns it for a little bit, and then uh, does what he's supposed to do. He kind of gets down, protects the ball, keeps the ball, lets, lets the offense go do their thing. And a couple of plays later, you know, the ball gets punched in the end zone and it goes up 28 uh, nothing to seal the deal. That ended up being the final score. So, you know, he's definitely a guy that's made a bunch of plays. He's got – you know, it's, it's hard to imagine as as much as I've known him, as well as I've known him and his parents, um, that he's got two more years to play. So, uh it's definitely uh we're looking for big things out of that young man. Just as a as a friend and mentor to him and good friend with uh Brian and, and of course Margaret. Just really excited to see him play, man. He's been through you know, those boys didn't you know, last year was pretty challenging for them. They had football and everything else. They had uh you know, they dealt with Coach Nate. Coach Nate was living with them before his uh, untimely passing, and, you know, they were helping to take care of him for many, many months in their home. And so, uh, you know, now now that, you know, his older brother just graduated and is doing his thing, and, you know, he has a professional rap career that is uh, – and producing career that's going on. And so now, you know, it's up to Rhett. You know, he's kind of the only kid at home. And so, uh, a- as you mentioned, Brian's going to push him. Brian's going to be in his ear probably a lot more than the coaches are. So, uh
2: <laughs> you know I, i'm really
3: looking forward to seeing him play and uh i know brian's listening man leave that boy alone and let the coaches coach man but as i'll tell you i was out of practice watching uh some stuff to kind of get some you know we had a bunch of guys on so i wanted to go see those guys uh out of practice before we had them on the radio show and i'll tell you the new defense coordinator coach o bringing that nfl experience there was one play where Rhett uh chased the um, slot receiver instead of staying home in the middle of the field and uh the quarterback Kev, who was on the show not too long ago, he completed a pass right in that hole that Red had vacated. And I'm gonna tell you, I never seen a big man like that get so scary. And uh, Coach O, when that you know got into his butt a little bit and uh, told him, you know, you play a position, you play that position. Don't go chasing, don't go chasing ghosts all over the field because that's not how I train you up. And uh, it was uh, kind of interesting to see, and you know, I'm, I'm sure he's learned a lot. It it, 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 it can be. You know, kind of intimidating, I guess, sometimes. But um, you know, when you have a guy who's played in the NFL, who's been a head coach, and took a team to a Florida State championship, you know, coaching you up, they obviously know what they're talking about. And you uh, know, I know those boys love playing for the coaches over at Oceanside and and representing that big O on the front of their chest in their school. So um, again, it's going to be real fun to watch that 2022 class becoming juniors in the you know the upper classmen because. You know, there aren't many seniors, so these guys are, like you said, they're going to have to take that leadership role and go
2: with it. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of 2022 20, guys that are not only just at Oceanside, they're going to be everywhere, all around the state of South Carolina. We talk a lot of dogs around that 2021 20, class. Yeah, there are a lot of dogs in that 21 class, but, you know, like we do with the guys from the South Carolina High School Blitz, which, by the way, they and I and Eugene, we're going to be doing a show right here on Thursday night It will be the South Carolina high school blitz on Southern sports central coming to you on Thursday nights, and that means what? That means we got some program moving around here with uh, the Southern sports central flagship show. And so stay tuned to the programming news and the breaking out on social media. We'll have the entire format of who, when, where and how things will be laid out uh, going forward here in the next couple of weeks. Now, uh, you know, again, I, I agree with you. I think one thing that Joe Call has done over there at Oceanside is he's surrounding himself with guys that can pull him up. And that's to say that they're better, that they're not better, but they're just solid dudes of what they do. And that's the key. You know, coaches coach, players play, and, and XYZs and all that, Jimmys and Joes. But I got to be honest, I think Coach Call has done a, an incredible job putting together a great group of coaches around him to help him out. And I remind him, even though he's a Gamecock, He's very Dabo-ish, if you know what I mean. He is a guy who can go out and recruit coaches to come and play, or excuse me, come and uh, coach with him, as you see, as anybody. Because that's what these guys have to do. It's a different scheme over there at Oceanside, right? Because they don't, the coaches and the teachers and XYZ, that's a different story. But I'm going to say this. When you have a guy like Coach O, when you have a Coach Rivens, when you have a Coach Crosby, And I can keep going on and on. And these guys all have experience. For him to go out and get these guys to come and coach the kids that are already enrolled at this school, that are ready to ball out at this school, i got to be honest with you. He hit a home run in baseball terminology. And I think great things are going to happen for them. And it's going to be fun watching that region over there because that's a fun little region. you got, of course, uh, the likes of uh, Bishop England. You've got the Battery Creeks down there in the southern part of the low country. Of course, Hanahan's in that conversation, and a few other great schools are right there as well. So it will be, without a doubt, it's going to be a great time, and uh, we we'll look forward to uh, covering it as uh, the season progresses. Now, the bus has picked itself up, and it's headed up to Winston-Salem, where we've now come up with another young man that's going to be catching in here with us and talking a little bit of uh, a little bit of football, if you will. So let's head now to Sean Brown, who is a running back over there in Winston-Salem. He comes in at five. 845 pounds this young man by the way is in the class of 2023 he started last year as a freshman and he got the numbers oh so close to a thousand yards on the ground but he did almost the same in the air in a very stout season last year Sean what's up buddy welcome to Southern Sports Central my man can you hear me Sean yes I can hear you can you hear me Yep, we got you loud and clear, buddy. Well, welcome to Southern Sports Central. You and I have been talking since last week and or since Sunday, so we're excited to finally get you in here talking to football. But uh, first of all, let's start off by saying that this young man was at the event at the Carolina Experience Prep Showcase uh, on Saturday, and by the way, it was his birthday. We didn't know it was his birthday because we would have put him on the TV, would have put him on the radio, shoot, we'd have put him, you know, uh, on, on the top of the building, whatever he wanted, because it was his birthday. So. A belated happy birthday to you, young man. Hopefully, you uh, got your gift on Saturday when you got to, uh, a chance to go against some of the best talent around the local, or of course, around the state. Yep, yeah, yeah. So, what was it like for you to get there? And here you go, man, running the ball as good as anybody. I watched you; it was interesting because I went back and looked at some of the video uh, that these guys released with it being on TV, and then I went back and saw some of your other moves there in huddle. But to watch you run at the size that you are, I think you really utilize your side as, as part of your weaponry. But, but talk a little bit about how you're able to really kind of see the hole before you get to it and get there before the defender gets there.
7: It's just, I've been playing football for a while now, so I have just caught on to it. It's just like second nature now.
2: So you get the ball, you're running it as quick as you can. Now again, you t- at the touch, you're running downhill in that speed. What is your forty, by the way? You look like you got some crazy speed there, man. I watched you break loose, and it looked like you came out of a cannon. What's your forty as of right now, Coach? I haven't ran one yet. Mm, you Yo, know, somebody's got to time you, buddy. Because I got to be honest with you, man. That may be uh, one of your biggest assets. Now you run track as well as play football. How much does track help you? when it comes to running the rock during the uh, fall, as far as getting faster and really kind of getting extra work in during the off season? It helps a lot to be
7: honest. It just like, it keeps me in shape at that. It helped me with my breakaway speed. It just,
2: Live right now with Sean Brown, of course, the big-time running back who showed out, balled out over there at the Carolina Experience uh, Prep Showcase, and that was over there in Charlotte, North Carolina. Of course, he is coming to us uh, right up there, right outside of that area, not too far away from Charlotte. It's a little bit about your hometown and, and tell us uh, the, the name of your school and kind of give us a background of uh, where you live. What's hometown to you, buddy?
7: In Winston-Salem,
2: North Carolina.
7: I, I love it here. I get a lot of love here. I go to Walkertown High School, class of 2023. I just, I feel like home.
2: It's a like home here. How cool is it to walk in town? It's a small town, right? It's not the big. Yeah, you know, it's got that small town charm okay. on a Friday night. You know, I'm sure it wasn't that long ago you were imagining playing on the same football field. And you started as a freshman. I don't care what high school you're at. If you're starting as a freshman on varsity, man, that's that's a big compliment. And that's a huge a huge amount of responsibility when they give you the rock and they tell you, look, man, there's the end zone. Get in there. I don't care what you got to do. Get in there. But when you got that chance, when you got that opportunity, let's say the first Friday night you, you, you wore the jersey, you got in there on the uniform, you, you won on the field, you produced well. What was that next Saturday like walking through town when you were able to kind of have that feeling like, man, I just did that. I just played varsity football as a true freshman.
7: I didn't really let it get to me, get to me, cause good ain't good enough. So I was just trying to get better. I, I was like that. Never settled.
2: So when you go into a regular Friday night, kind of give me the rundown. What what is what does Sean do to get ready for a night like Friday night? What do, what do you, what goes through your mind as you prepare yourself? And 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 then answer this question as you answer that one. Follow up with: Is, is your stadium there at the school, or do you guys have to take a bus to go to your stadium?
7: Help myself for my game is I turn on my little music, I get in my zone, I go far away from everybody else, and I just, I just think about the game. Now, when you
2: guys are you guys there? Is the stadium there in your backyard up there, Winston Salem, or is it, yeah. is it away from campus?
7: It's right beside
6: the school. Okay,
7: so when it
2: comes down to it, who's the big rival over there on a Friday night? Who do you guys look at? And I know you're going to tell me you want to play everybody. But who is that big rival on on the schedule when it comes down to it?
7: Private High School.
2: Now, how much? Uh, how, how did you guys do last year when you guys played these guys? Was it easy for you guys? Uh, was it easy battle or did you guys go down to the final final quarter or the final second? Man, what was the outcome of last year's game? It was eighteen
7: to zero. And it 18-0. was eighteen to zero. A It was 18-0, and it was a big game to me because that's what school my dad went to. So, people were expecting me to do a lot against that team. So, I had a lot of pressure that game.
2: (laughs) Now, 18-0, that means you guys have the 18, and and dad's alumni had the zero, right? Yes, sir. Now, how hard was it? I'm sure it wasn't that hard. Again, I can only imagine if if (laughs) I was in that position and my son was playing for the other team. Dad didn't have any of that alumni shirt on, did he? We didn't allow him. We had to wear – the colors that you were repping that night, right? Yes, sir. <laughs> now, of course, you got a great family support there. You had a lot of family support on Saturday getting there. And of course, it was your birthday. So, a good birthday gift for you to go up there and compete a little bit. Uh, what did you learn the most? I just had a young man on that, that was on the linebacker side. You got to run with the running backs. So there was a lot of running backs. Matter of fact, there was one kid from Huff High School that was out there that committed to uh, the Ohio State Buckeyes. Hopefully you got a chance to talk to him a little bit. But uh, that being said, what did you learn? What what did you come away with on uh, the camp on Saturday when you uh, were able to sit back and and, and review all that you put in that day?
7: Camp as a high schooler ever. I learned a lot. I saw a lot of size and speed from guys in and out of state. They showed me what I can do to work on camps in the future and how to – and how to stand out at the camps in the future.
2: I like that. There you go. So you start to kind of give it as a barometer. And, again, we're out live right now, of course, uh, as we're sitting just outside of the Charlotte area as we come up to Winston-Salem. And, of course, uh, this young man has, uh, without doubt, caught not only my attention but many of those who were at this camp and uh, didn't know it was his birthday, but Sean Brown joined us here right now out of the state of North Carolina checking in with us here As we are making a trip around, a recap with those athletes that made that trip to Charlotte this past Saturday to the Carolina Experience Prep Football Showcase. Now, when it comes down to it, you kind of knew this was coming. You and I have had a couple of conversations, which I want to thank you for giving me some time to uh, have those on Sunday and a few other times between now and then. But, of course, we talk about academics, and I'm going to always ask you this question every time you come on. But uh, even though I know your class of 2023, have you started giving some thoughts to what may be? If you graduated tomorrow, what kind of things would you be looking at getting into, or what are you preparing yourself for life after football?
7: Oh, my goal is to be an athletic trainer after after my NFL career is over.
2: Yeah, see that I love it. He's speaking it to existence after he's done with the NFL. He's going to go back and be a trainer. He's gonna go back and give to the community that gave to him or he's gonna work somewhere where he can give back to at least the society that of course loved on him through his process. Now, I gotta ask you this in your class of twenty three, so you know, I, I get that raw talent and I love every bit of about it. But but give me your top three schools right now. There's gotta be three schools that you're looking at going, Man, if I can go anywhere, this is where I wanna go.
7: Um water for data. Appalachian State, and Clemson University.
2: There you go. Now, again, it's not in that order, is it? I mean, I think if you flip-flop it from our conversation before, I think it would be flip-flopped a little bit. But I like the Gators. Eugene, of course, is a big Gator guy. I like App State because they put out some talent. Matter of fact, I know one dude in particular who got drafted from App State that comes on the show on a regular basis and helps run that other camp that we go to, the offended camp. He played some time in the Super Bowl, got him a Super Bowl ring, and was a captain, by the way, with the Baltimore Ravens. So that's not a bad selection. Of course, the Clemson Tigers, well, that's well documented and decorated. They've got national championship rings as well. So, uh, man, I want to tell you this. First of all, it's an honor to get you in here with me tonight. This is the first of many. So I know you guys aren't playing until uh, the up-and-coming February month as of right now, which is good for you because Eugene and I can hop in the car and come watch you on a Friday night because these guys here in South Carolina will be done. So, you know, uh, keep us up to date. You and I will continue to communicate throughout. Uh, Again, we appreciate you. We uh, wish you the best of uh, the day here. And, again, hopefully you had a great birthday. But thanks again for hanging out with us tonight on the radio, buddy.
7: Thanks, Coach. Thank you for giving me this opportunity.
2: You did great, my friend. Thank you very much for being a part of it, as always. All right, man, look at that. Just like that, we keep it rolling right here on Southern Sports Central. We're excited to uh, continue to get these young men. Eugene, I'll bring you back in. But that young man, again, Birthday's on Saturday. Family reaches out to us. Didn't get a chance to catch him on the radio uh, or on the TV screen on Saturday. Had a chance to really kind of get one-on-one with him a little bit the last couple of days. And you know, I said, "Hey, look, let's get you in here tonight. Let's talk some football." But this kid, right at a thousand yards, Eugene. I mean, for anybody as a freshman, I don't care what field you're on to run a thousand yards. That's a lot of lot lot of running, a lot of positive, and there's a lot of coming out of this young man. And I can only imagine he's now on the radar because he probably wasn't much of a radar catcher until after the season was over. Yeah. And, uh, one of these things that, that we, uh, probably need to
3: catch up with him on. And, uh, cause he's a young buck, man. He's a freshman, uh, getting all those yards is, uh, you're going to have to school him when you catch up with them off the line and, uh, remind them, Hey, you know, being a fellow back, whether it's a quarterback or running back, you got to take care of those guys up front, man. And, uh, they like to eat and, uh, you like to eat, in the sense of, uh, as receivers, running backs call it, you know, those yards. Uh, they like to eat too, and they, and by eating on the offensive line, I mean they like to put that, uh, those calories and protein and carbohydrates in their body. So, you know, when you talk to them off there, you might want to remind them that, hey, big man, you know, uh, you're gonna to have to get with bombs or somebody over there and start getting some food to those guys. You protect, you feed them, they're gonna create those holes and block for you.
2: Yeah, no doubt about it. Since he said the Florida Gators was his first one, we're going to take a quick break. This will be a shout-out for the young man, heck, even you, Eugene. Let's give you some love here on the show as well. We're going to take a quick one. We'll uh, be right back as we'll have another guest here. I think coming up next, we head to Columbia, South Carolina, where we'll check in uh, with a – going to be a strong safety this year, young man coming over here from Ridgeview High School, guys. Don't go anywhere. This is Southern Sports Central. Coming up, more of the top guests from the Carolina experience, guys. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Rich Yalvin. I want to thank the man and, of course, uh, the young man that just joined us all the way from uh, North Carolina. He was a running back last year. He'll be a big-time running back this year, coming in at 5'8", 145. That, of course, is Sean Brown. Joined us here just moments ago and uh, had a birthday on Saturday. Got the chance to hang out with him uh, after the event a little bit there, but also got a chance to get him in here on the radio with us here tonight, have a couple of conversations with him, and, You hear the excitement the young people's voice when they talk about playing the game. But then I asked him the question about what he wanted to do after the game, and he knew right then and there the answer. And I thought that was a very, very well uh, done job. Of course, I think that might be his first radio experience. And, again, for us to have that opportunity to do that, to give him this platform to do that, was quite the gift to us. Now we head, of course, uh, to a place we know oh so well. Coach Perry Parks continues to send us These dogs, of course, over here to Southern Sports Central, they are over there at Ridgeview High School as they get ready for a big-time season. They are going up from 4A to 5A, but that doesn't matter because they'll play anybody any day. They'll tell you, just like that, we've had a couple of their dudes come in here, and now we're going to get in here with Michael Mason. He's going to be a strong safety this year, coming in at 6'2", 200 pounds. And I had a chance to catch up with his father earlier today, who's become a... A good friend of mine, actually, thanks to the uh, the good Lord crossing paths at all these camps. And, uh, man, I got to be honest with you, man. I see you guys over there at uh, Ridgeview more than I see anybody, man. But, uh, Michael, welcome <laughs> to the show, buddy. How's life up there in Columbia? It's good. Thanks for having me on. Always a pleasure, man. It's about time, man. I figure we got all the other big dudes in here. I got to get in here with the other big dude, and that's you. I talked to your defensive guys, some offensive guys. <laughs> Talked to your receiver, I think, last week, right? So now we get the guy that's going to be on the other side of the ball covering receiver. That's a big role, by the way. Strong safety, man. You guys are the last wave of keeping people out of an end zone. Uh, that no-fly yes, zone is right. going to be pretty uh, pretty active this year, man. How excited are you about it this year? And uh, I believe you're, what, the class of 2022, correct? 2022. is there? 2022. Another strong 22 class. Uh, this course uh, coming out of Ridgeview. Uh, that being said, what exactly have you been doing during the off season? Now I know because I've been with you throughout your off season. It feels like following you guys around as well. But uh, for those who have not heard, what, what have you been up to during the off season, and what have you done to stay in shape to uh, make sure you didn't have to go out and get in shape?
8: Um, every day I, I just do a mile. I have a um, weight. I have a weight bench in my um, in my room downstairs, so I'll get on that, do some squats, um, bench, and just footwear drills just to um, stay sharp for the season.
2: Now, of course, you sit here and I know you've done some camps here. Let's talk a little bit about those in a minute. But first of all, check in a little bit. Let us know your class, your weight, your height, and all that stuff. And what is your strong point in the weight room? Is
8: there 6'2", um, 205. And you said my, my strong point in the weight room?
2: Yeah, what is your strong point? You say you got, a little, you got a weight room downstairs or you got one in the room down there. But I also know the Coach Parcher thanks you guys to ball out in the weight room as much as you do on the field. So what's your strength in that weight room?
8: I say my my strength is probably on my bench. I'm on messing three or five right
2: now. Hey, there you go. Now, of course, uh, how much do you focus on when it comes down to these drills? And again, I know that you've been at uh the uh the Carolina experience. I also know you made your trip to the affinity camps as well. What did you learn out of yes, some of these camps because you didn't have the opportunity, Michael, to work with your coaches and, and get that one on one that you normally would get during certain parts of the year? What did you take out of going on these camps and hitting the road in a different area, codes?
8: Well, so, um, switching to um, safety this year, I, did, I just had to learn, you know, how to play off man, how to um, play man a little, a little better. and just how to, um, you know, react more and, and just trust my eyes.
2: We're live right now with Michael Mason. He is, of course, a strong safety over there at Ridgeview. Coming in right around 6'2", 205 pounds. Uh, one of Perry Park's dogs that are going to be hunting all year long, looking for that opportunity, looking for that pig six, or looking to just bat the ball down. Let me ask you this. You're a strong safety guy. You hear this a lot. I, I got to be honest, man. When they moved me from being the quarterback over and they put me as a as a, a, a DB, kind of sort in a certain way, kind of hovering around back there, you used to always hear that running joke, you're back there because you can't catch the football. How many times those guys <laughs> over there at Ridge, you tell you that?
8: And they say it all the time, I say um, Bird, Jordan Smith, they'll they try to get on me some DBs, but right, we can
2: catch them. <laughs> you say, just throw it here. Let me show you something real quick, man. So that's got to be pretty cool, though, because you just mentioned a couple of guys' names, and I know one of the guys that's been in here with us, and I've had a chance probably to meet most of your guys that, that ball out on Friday nights. So, how awesome is it to go against some of the best of the best and you don't even have to leave your practice field to get in yeah, that man. practice?
8: I mean, it's big. I mean, every practice um, during the season, we're we're fighting to get better, just competing. So, it it makes it easier for when the games come.
2: Now, talking about making it easy, one of your teammates just got recognized and got an offer from South Carolina State. Now, again, you know, I had a chance uh, not only to hit him in here, but also uh, to cut some jokes with him around some of these camps. Uh, Let's show him some love. Uh, What do we know about this guy, or what do you know about this guy that we don't know about this guy that would be quite interesting? I mean, really, Nazon and Nazon to bring
8: the energy to the defense whenever are out there. I say he'll keep us focused and just he a good teammate all around. Now, he's
2: the kind of guy that can strip the ball. Now, last year, and Eugene actually brought this up a couple of times uh, on the show, uh, his ability to cause a, a lot of disruptions early, I would imagine, makes the quarterback kind of nervous a little bit because they see this big old dude coming across the line and they got to get rid of the ball. So a lot of times, you know, prematurely, they're going to throw the ball. How much do you rely on his pass or his his rushing getting in behind that line to help you get the ball ahead of time rather than if that guy had a little bit more time to throw it?
8: Yeah, I mean, it, it helps a lot. Um, last day, Antonio and him, they, they caused havoc on most of the defenses last in the playoffs, um, you know, on Daniel game, rain game. And it, it made it easier on the um, DBs to do their job.
2: Of course, uh, Gaines and Barber, those are the big guys up front. They're causing a lot of havoc, and they're doing it in style. Of course, you can't go too far because in the secondary, you got this cat, Mr. Mason, back here just trolling around, waiting for the opportunity. Does that secondary, do you guys have like a little nickname? Do you guys have anything you go by? Because I know, you know, Texas and and LSU, they were going into that whole DBU kind of thing. but, But they're in Ridgeview. I know you guys are all about that swag, by the way. I think you guys have uh, some of the nice jerseys uh, that not many can say they do with that Jordan logo on the front, right? Yeah. sure. What's it like, man, to have a guy like Perry Parks who's played the game, who's gone through college? He's coached some of the great guys, not only where you are now, but he, of course, went to Coastal Carolina. He's coached over there at Cedar Grove there in Atlanta that we're very well familiar with. A lot of dudes that come out of that, Uh, of course, uh, school as well. But how much does he get on you guys? I've heard some of his pregame things and postgame things that's been shared with me. But you know, playing for a guy like that, what does it mean to you to have a guy like Coach Parks And, and talk about all your coaches and even your your one on one guy that that peps you up on a Friday night.
8: Yeah, I mean, Coach Parks, he, he he's crazy, but he's a good coach though. I mean, he has tough love, but it always um it always works out the end for you, and he always for your best. And then um, Coach Armstrong, my position coach. He's very technical. He's you know straight to business. So with him, just yeah, we 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 we've gotta um bring our A game bring our eight game every day. Now you talk
2: about business, let's get to some business here. Now academics are something that we always focus on here on Southern Sports Central. We understand that the NFL is the goal for you and to play college football is part of that goal. But at the end of the day, you know, you're going to go to college, you're going to play football, but you're also going to get a degree. You're going to be able to hang that on your wall, and that's something that no one can ever take away from you. That's one thing that doesn't have an expiration date on it. So when that day comes, into the class of 22 that you are, do you have any schools you're mm-hmm. looking at? And Let's talk about that education. What are you looking to major and then going into that next chapter of your life?
8: I mean, I'm going to open to all schools, but um, mainly I'm trying to – Focus on engineering, become a, a um, civil engineer when I when I'm done with football, whenever that is. And just any school that, that, that has a good that has a good um, engineering
2: program, I'm looking at. Engineer, I love it, man. Engineering again, this class of 2021 to 22 seems to be engineer heavy, and I like that. What about it? What about engineering <laughs> that that you like so much, man? Why, Mason, do you lean so much into that when when it comes into uh, furthering that education?
8: I mean, I, I, I like solving problems, but I like just, just making making things simpler and, and, and just easier to use.
2: we well, live right now is Michael Mason, a strong safety coming at all the way from Columbia, South Carolina, out of Ridgeview High School. Coach Perry Parks has brought another one of his guys in here to get us a little more familiar with the program, but the defensive side and the secondary side of life as we are getting in touch with him right now. Now, the season is going to kick off in about a month now. You guys – has have been on the field, uh, Michael, now for a couple of weeks, if I'm not mistaken. Helmets are on, Top if image. I'm not mistaken, last night. Yeah, so now you guys have a number. You've been told at least uh, it, it feels a little bit kind of like Christmas with a touch of football with it, right? <laughs> How has the morale <laughs> been really? around that school, and what's it like to be around your dudes, not at a camp, but actually at the schoolhouse?
8: Oh, I mean, every day I, I get there, I'm, I'm just happy to be on the field again because it's been so long since I've been on my team. It's just, it's, it's just good to be around them. Just make each other better. And, and just think glad to now.
2: Now, when it came down to it, what, how did you keep in touch with your guys? Because, uh, you know, you and I have had the conversation. I've talked to some of your teammates about this. But for the listeners, you know, I, I know the coaches, uh, you know, they stayed with you on the Zooms and things like that. But did you guys find a way uh, one-on-one to go out there? as a couple of you guys socially distance and work out? Oh, yeah, we
8: did definitely. Um Me, Antonio Gaines, Jordan Smith, Nasir, um, Burge is all. On weekend, we'll we'll go to polo. During the week, we'll go just just any field that's open just to get some extra work in.
2: How excited are you when you look at this new schedule? I know it's not the norm. It's not that strength uh, or or strong outside. I would say the strength is still there because you guys have now gone from 4A to 5A. When it's interesting because the team that you guys played was in four A. Right? now they went down to three so you guys went different directions yeah. that being said you know uh I, I see all the excitement on social media and i see you guys are repping that 803 and doing your thing over there and uh that's exciting i love to hear and i love to see it but talk to me about now as a junior you're going into another region you're going to 5a football and, and of course we know that's That's always considered kind of like the power five to some, if you will. How excited are you to be a part of going up to 5A, and and who are you looking forward to seeing on that schedule? I know everybody, but let's be honest. Let's let's look at a couple of teams that you've already kind of looked at on that schedule. I mean, I'm
8: excited because I'm excited to go up there in 5A. And we we were already doing good in 4A, but I'm I'm excited to show everybody that that we can um, still do the same thing versus bigger schools. And um, some of the schools I'm looking forward to competing against Sumter, Dutch Fork, we we on scrimmage Dutch Fork on um, the eighteenth, and um, for me. Now,
2: who? No, when you when you start to scrimmage Dutch Fork, I'm going to ask you this, and and you know, I, I'm just curious, is, is it your responsibility? You are you going to be uh, the one that's going to point out and go after Mister Hyatt, the young man, the sophomore coming up? Of course, <laughs> is Jalen's uh, little brother, but yet he's a baller now. Are you looking forward to that one on one with him uh, going down the sideline?
8: Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he's fast, but yeah, I, I, I
2: keep it with him. I love it. I love it. Again, these two guys, I'm sure y'all know each other, at least have passed each other. Y'all are both up there in Columbia. And, of course, Judge Fork has, has been kind of the king of the hill in 5A football. You guys know that as well as anybody because mm-hmm. you're up in that side of the world. Uh, when you look at the rest of your schedule, you mentioned Sumter, by the way. Sumter has uh, a big-time defensive end that's already committed to Florida. They've got some other ballers around as well. But when you when you start to kind of put everything in perspective, you start to kind of handle everything. You know, tell me about. I guess do you keep the same rival game or is there a new rival game because you're going to go to a different conference? You know, who is that rival on the schedule?
8: Well, right now for us, um, it's of course Westwood, but but the biggest one is um, probably Spring Valley because this first time we're playing them, and really I don't know how many years, but um, we, we we know a lot of um, people over there. And just a lot of trash talking going on. But, yeah, see him on the field. You're good.
2: Yeah, no doubt about it. You guys are going to get to do your thing. What year are they looking to open that new stadium? I know Coach Parks has been doing everything he can. Uh, is it going to be open this year, or are you guys going to have to jump in there next year?
8: Um, I think he'll be finished our um, senior year, and then the, the new weight room's going to be done by this year.
2: There you go. Some big things are happening. So the coaches, hey, look here. They're doing everything they can do but play the game for you guys, all right? So, I don't want to hear Barbara or, or <laughs> none of you guys. I want to hear nothing coming out of this year. Let's hey, you know the job is on the you – it know, doesn't matter what region, doesn't matter what schedule you got. Coach Parks is telling you guys you got to go be dogs. So, we look forward to it, man. You did a sure. good job tonight. I appreciate you joining me. This is the first of many. We're going to be doing a Saturday show uh, in the morning. So, I'll have you guys be checking in throughout the season to kind of tell us how you guys did. And uh, we wish you the best of luck to your teammates. Uh, that of course we said hello, stay safe, and uh, hey, keep grinding, hey. man, keep getting after it, my friend. Yes, sir, thank you for having me on. Always a pleasure, ladies and gentlemen. You got to check him out. This young man is going to do some great things in 2020. Now I got to be honest with you, he is the uh, he's a class of 2022, but I, I got to be real when I say he's got that next level speed. He is a strong safety that has got the hands to go with a receiver, the speed to go with a secondary guy that can handle anybody. I look forward to you, Gene. I'm going to bring you back in here. But I look forward to somehow I'm going to get somebody. Maybe I'll get his dad to video that one-on-one between him, of course, and uh, the younger brother of Jalen. Of course, uh, you guys all know he's he's the next baller kind of guy. He's already got him offer in Florida State. But, you know, I know like you do as well, and you want to go against the best of the best. That's how you get your own barometer and say, hey, look, That's the only way I can do it is is go against somebody who who is already renowned and has already been accolated and decorated. That's the dude I want. That's the number one guy I want to go after, Eugene. Yeah, and you see that a
3: lot, uh, especially when guys have that opportunity uh, to go against somebody. Let's say, you know, they're they're a guy that's kind of been under that radar. Uh, They get to a camp and they get to face somebody with a a ton of offers. We saw that with uh, Mr. Chase there, uh, you know, and somebody had called him out, and a big offensive line called him out in the weeks leading up to the camp, and said, "You know what, hey man, you got those two got those offers? I want some and uh and that instance, you know uh it didn't work out so well for the offensive lineman and uh chase uh <laughs> let him know with a little clip and and some love out there. I know the guys hosting the showcase they were looking forward to that matchup and told the both young men to say, "Hey, you know y'all on Twitter talking about it here's here's the platform we're gonna give you a chance live on uh." Uh, TV to, to to show what you got. You know, let, let's put it up and put on and see, see who wins that matchup. And, you know, Chase ended up winning that matchup, and I saw some love back and forth on Twitter between the two. They respect the competition. But a lot of times these under-the-radar guys got that chip on their shoulder. You know, they go against these guys mm. with offers and things like that. And, uh, you know, when they beat that guy with all those offers and they're under, uh, an under-the-radar guy, you always see that kind of pinned tweet with that little video clip with – uh hey, here's a, here coaches, here's a guy that's got offers to here, here, and here. And, uh, oh, by the way, I just whipped him when when it was one-on-one, when it was mano-a-mano. Mano. So, you know, definitely it, it kind of helps uh, if you're an under-the-radar guy to kind of pick that guy, that guy has got that attention and love and size and, and offers. You know, everybody knows, these kids know who has what offers to wear. And I think if there's a guy that says, you know, that's the school I want to go to, He's already got the offer that I want, and so i got to go beat him and take it. Or i got to go beat him and uh, earn one for myself. So it's a great motivation, and, uh, you know, these camps have provided that because, you know, a lot of times sometimes you go to camps and dudes with offers, they don't, they don't show up. They don't show up to ball out. You know, they'll kind of sit on the sidelines or, or they don't come at all uh, because, you know, maybe sometimes they just feel like, you know, I don't want to get injured or, or I don't want to, you know, risk having a bad camp and, and, and lose a – some offers or whatnot, but, you know, the camps we've been to have had the top flight athletes and these under the radar guys, you know, guys without offers have had the chance to go against those guys and they're in their spot. And for a lot of them, it's worked out. I mean, we've seen yeah a ton of, a ton of offers come out of these camps in the last month, month and a half. And so, uh, you know, it's there. You know, the table set. You just got to sit at the table and eat, you know, you got to be hungry enough to go sit at that table and go take that plate because uh, you know, the, the infinity guys, the Carolina exposure guys—they've set the table for you. So uh, if you don't show up and you don't come to
2: eat, then that's on you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly right. And these coaches—let's not give it—you uh, know—let's give love to Perry Parks and all the coaches around the state of South Carolina and around the country. You know, like uh, these young men—they got uh, these jump uniforms in here, man. They're—they're—they're they're, they're wearing Michael Jordan logos on their jerseys. They've got a new stadium coming. They've got a new weight room coming. Uh, you know, uh, facilities or are, are, are where they need to be. And I see this happening all across social media around the state of South Carolina. My God, the weight rooms are as nice as any Planet Fitness, and I got my own things about Planet Fitness, but it looks nice. But the weight rooms in these high schools look as good as some colleges. And if you're not getting in there to get stronger, then how the heck do you expect to go out on the field and get better? It's just the way it works. You got you to gotta learn to crawl before you can walk. And some of you dudes aren't crawling very well. So that's where you start. You start in the weight room you carry it into the football field. And, of course, it all really, honest to God, it actually starts out there uh, way before that, and that's in the classroom, and you're seeing a lot of that uh, happening throughout. Now, of course, uh, the Infinity guys are going to be grinding here again real soon. They'll be getting that off uh, here in not too many weeks away because, again, there are other states who are still not playing, and I got to give it to, uh, you know, the Infinity guys and to the Carolina experience for going into these towns and doing the things that they need to do. Now, of course, if you're looking to camp somewhere, you can uh, do it in Virginia. Again, the Infinity guys are going to be balling out Saturday, September 12th, uh, over there at the high school camp, and then Sunday, September 13th, at the Middle School Showcase. That's going to be between 12 and 4. That's over at River City Sportsplex uh, in, uh, I believe you pronounce this, uh, Middle-Olympian? Eugene, help me out a little bit here, buddy. Virginia, <laughs> again, we'll uh, we'll put yeah. this up again. It's <laughs> it's pronounced Midlothian. Midlothian. I figured so. So, and I've never been there. Where where is that close to, buddy?
3: I'm actually going to have to hit the Google. I've uh, I have seen it before. Let's see. Uh, I've you know, there's also a Midlothian, Texas. So, uh, yeah, there's Midlothian, Virginia. Midlothian, Texas. I'd actually heard of the Midlothian, Texas. Uh, Midlothian, Virginia. As, uh, Let's see. It's not very helpful when it says it's in a certain county because not being from Virginia. All right, so it's right near Richmond. It's right on the outskirts of Richmond, Virginia. Uh, Richmond is uh, the capital of uh, Virginia, I believe, yeah. And right. It's also uh, one of the capital of the Fourth Circuit Court of Appeals, so anybody in the legal field kind of knows that. But uh, Richmond is, if you head up 95. Uh, You go through from Florence, you stay on 95 for about four hours or so. You get through the great state of North Carolina. Uh, Richmond is the next big city before you hit the D.C. area. So uh, it's it's right in about middle of the state Up uh, before you get, uh, yeah, it's about middle of the state, right in kind of the middle on I-95, probably an hour or so over from Charlottesville. So kind of just stay on 95 and you can't miss it.
2: Now, of course, Virginia's not playing football until, of course, the spring. North Carolina not playing football until the spring. So, they are definitely geographically going after those areas who don't have the opportunity to work with their teams. And, again, showing that respect to those coaches and and, and those around the states that are playing, but yet getting to places that aren't playing. Now, another quick uh, reminder for those here in the low country, as you guys remember, uh, we lost a big name around the low country uh, on the coaching level. Uh, it was a very, very sad message that came through my phone when it was announced that coach uh, Skip Parker had lost his battle to cancer and the good Lord had called him home. Well, they will have a celebration of life uh, tomorrow afternoon uh, again at, at, at his church who I, I, I'm i very honored to say he is a brother uh, in Christ with me. He's also a member uh, at the church where I'm a member at and, and I've known Uh, Coach Skip Parker for quite a while uh, through social media life and, of course, through radio and uh, just our connection and our mission and our vision are very similar. We do it for the kids like Eugene and a lot of others who do what we do because of the passion to want to be a part of helping young men and and, and the ladies that come across any way we can to be that individual that that helps them succeed to the next level. Coach Skip Parker was one of those guys that not only he did it uh, in the youth level of football and other levels of wrestling. He also did it big time at the Fort. Fort Dorchester High School is going to honor this young man and uh, remember him with a memorial on uh, Friday, October 28th, immediately following the funeral approximately at the stadium at 6 o'clock. Again, at 6 o'clock tomorrow night. I'm not sure the capacity that they're going to allow to have in there, uh, but it is. I feel my duty to at least allow to let you know. We'll put this out on social media. But uh, continue to please keep uh, Skip Parker's family and those who knew him, uh, the Fort Dorchester family, in your prayers because I can promise you he was a huge part of that. Now, here's the other caveat to that. He was a class, I believe, of 88 or 89 of Somerville High School. Small world. And I can promise you that uh, those of Somerville, or mourning as much as anyone else because it is a very tight-knit group when it comes down to it all here in this community. So our thoughts and prayers continue to be with Coach Skip Parker. And as you can see, guys, it has been a very hard, hard few days here in uh, Dorchester County and in the Lowcountry. When you lose a player like Mr. President on Tuesday night, you lose uh, a coach, a mentor, a father, not only his own, but so many that claimed and and looked up to him like a father, Uh, you know, it it is a hard, hard conversation. We're going to take a break. Uh, When we come back, we will have our final interview tonight. And this one's going to carry us a while to go to Illinois. That's right. We're going to go to East St. Louis. East St. Louis is where we're going to be checking in next. uh, We'll be in here with the big man, Miles McVeigh. And, again, I had a chance to hang out with him and his father and a couple of his teammates on sunday we'll talk about that we'll talk about his camp experience and the big schools that are looking at the big man to do some big things and he's still got some time before he even has to figure that out because i believe if i'm not mistaken some reason i want to think he's a class of 23 which is amazing when you hear the size coming out of break at 6'7", 350 pounds and he can move like a cheetah we'll be right back guys you're listening to southern forest central coming to you live right here on Blog Talk Radio guys don't go anywhere more Southern Sports Central in hour three right after this guys
4: yeah I'm gonna take my horse to the town road I'm gonna ride till I can't no more I'm gonna take I'm
8: till I, can't no more. I got the horses in the back horse stock is attached and it's black got the bushes black as match. Riding on no a- from hey welcome back everybody
2: Our Two is in the books. Here comes our three brought to you by our friends hanging out over there at the Tent Farm located at 7634 South Railroad in North Charleston. You can find them on the web at tentfarm.com or you can reach out to Jonathan and the guys at 843-297-4131. Now, they're throwing shade from your business to your car from wherever you are at home. They got you covered. Now, throwing some shade. Right now, all the way from Illinois, he comes in at six seven three fifty. Mr. Miles McVeigh. What's up, Miles? Hey, how you doing? We're good, buddy. Man, so did you guys make it home safe and sound, and how good is it always? It's fun to travel, man, but it's got to be nice to get back and, and lay on that bed and get back to that same pillow that you know you've missed for a few days, right?
5: Uh, yeah, we got back safe, and um, you're right. I love coming back to my bed
2: after a long trip. Man, I talked to you and Dad and, of course, one of your teammates and his mom, but had a chance to meet some of your coaches on Saturday. And, uh, man, that's the second time that we've had a chance to catch up. The other one was in Atlanta at the Infinity Camp. But, uh, first of all, kind of check in a little bit for those who don't know who you are. You do have a lot of guys uh, checking in here tonight because they wanted to hear you on the radio. So, uh, give us your first name, the last name, your size, and give me something about that weight room that would impress me when it comes to working out. Uh, My name is Miles McVeigh. I'm 6'5,
5: about 350. Um, um, The weight room,
1: uh,
5: I say nothing really special. 225, say 15 times for a sophomore. I say that's about as impressive (laughs) as I could say anything.
2: I gotta love it, man. You know, when you talk to this big guy, he comes in the room and he demands attention right off the rip, Miles. You know, it's funny because when we showed up the other night over here in Somerville, before you guys jumped on the plane, you know, I swear everybody and we said this as we came on the air because you guys are the Flyers over there in, uh, of course, uh, back in uh, in Illinois. Now, with that being said, uh, you guys um, look a lot like the Florida Gators. And when y'all rolled into this restaurant, I gotta believe with me having the suit on and you guys having on your your, your gear, man, everybody had to think: are the, are the Gators in town? Are they playing football? Because between you and your teammate, you guys look like y'all could be playing some down in that Power Five right now.
5: Yeah, yeah, we we look like we could play, but we still got some work to do
2: before we actually get there. <laughs> Now, what's it like, man? Because I got to tell you, man, uh, having a chance to get to know your dad and and get to know some of the parents that that travel with you guys uh, before we talk about some of your parents. But, man, your dad's your biggest fan. I'm sure he's probably your biggest critic as well. But, you know, laid down, uh, easy to get along with as long as you probably do what you're supposed to do. But, you know, this guy, he mentioned, hey, we got bags ready, packed, and and we get on a plane and we go, man. Wherever he needs to get better, that's where we're going. And, man, you've done that in Atlanta You've done that in of course, Charlotte, what is it about these camps that you've enjoyed during this downtime with this COVID situation that's getting you an opportunity to go against? not just guys you know in one area, but you're hitting different regions just by Atlanta and Charlotte
5: um, I'm just looking for play I'm just looking for people to compete against. Um, you know, I never dug smoke, so I'm just always looking for the biggest area. you know I hear a lot of things on the internet from certain regions having some of the best ballers. So I just come down there ready to compete.
0: What do you
2: guys hear? Of course, you're coming at us all the way from East St. Louis in Illinois, right on the other side of the, the, the St. Louis border there. And uh, w- when you look at it, what what are some of the things in the region that you're in when you see and hear things of guys and football in the South, w- what have you always heard? And, and what is your thought process after getting yeah, a couple of weekends down here playing out in a couple of weekends? Um,
5: you know, I see on Twitter a lot of times they say they got the ballers, you know, some of the best football players. Um, I got a couple friends down uh, down south. I got some family down south, too. And um, they some ballers, so
2: I just wanted to come see for myself. Now, of course, you're a big-time offensive lineman, correct? I mean, that's your, is that your, your preferred position there on the offensive line? Uh, I'm an athlete. I could do it all. I love it, man. This guy gets better and better. I like it more and more. I just wish he was down in Charleston. Uh, well, Okay, so so let's go this way. Okay, so when you were in Atlanta, I think you came out of Atlanta, you know, and a lot of attention got on you real quick here with all those guys over there. Uh, I would imagine uh, you were able to get a lot of attention on social media. I've seen some stuff popping with your name. Anytime I'm attached to them, I see a lot of things going with it, Miles. But, But what did you – Get out of that Atlanta weekend, man. They, they, something that separated uh, that infinity weekend with all the guys that you went up against. I saw you taking some pictures with a few guys as well, or some of the guys that wanted to take pictures with you as well.
5: Um, I got a bunch of relationships out of it.
2: You know, I talked to some coaches.
5: I'm actually um in the process of talking and becoming real cool with a coach named uh, Coach Lamb. He's got a little spot in South Carolina called Trade Bill Performance. So I just was talking to him, you know, got cool with him.
4: Um, but first
5: I had to just come prove myself because, you know, I'm a, big, I'm a big kid. But, you know, sometimes big kids aren't always, like, the best one with their feet. So, you know, I just came down and proved myself, um, showed everybody what Illinois and East St. Louis have to offer. i tell you what,
2: you guys showed up in a pack, and it became quite interesting. We'll get into that here in just a little bit. Between you guys and the Town, of course, going at it, Neck and neck and, of course, uh, position for position. But let's stay on Coach Lamb. He's a good guy. He's a good friend of ours here on Southern Sports Central. And he puts together an incredible opportunity. Big offensive line training guy he puts after. He's over there at Greenville High School getting after it as well. But uh, what did you learn from him? Because I know you've been doing a lot of training up there where you're from in in Illinois. But you come down here, you met up with him, if I'm not mistaken, the first time in, in Atlanta. And then all of a sudden here you come. And meet him over in Charlotte. Now, what is he teaching you that maybe you might have known, but you were able to fine tune it because of some of the things he showed you?
5: Um, I say hand placement, um, get off the ball. You know, my like um, getting out of my stance fast. Uh, just a lot of footwork drills. And hand
2: placement too. We did a we did some hand placement drills at the Infinity Camp too. Now, hand placement, tell us a little bit about that. For somebody that's never played offensive line, why is that such a big deal when it comes to controlling a guy like that gentleman Chase that, of course, came from North Myrtle Beach, and I knew he was trying to go against, like you, he wanted to go against the biggest the baddest, and I hope he had a chance to go against you because you had to be the biggest dude there on the offensive line. Uh, yeah, I, I get chase that work, But
5: um, hand placement, <laughs> why offensive line? You know, it varies from different positions. I have to say, center and guard get more um, like get more squared up when they hand placement. So like more chest region. But offensive tackles, I say, you know I you know I watch a lot of videos, highlights of um, Joe Thomas. So I list I watch like his hand placement. You know, so I was so I try to put my inside my inside hand on his inside. I say like little shoulder pad like. Um, Where his where his like shoulder blade is, part of that pad, and I try to put uh, my other hand on his right pec or outside pec, and then uh, because I you know with me being a tackle, I got to work the outside, so I never really get a chance to be square up with a guy, so I always try to uh, cut the inside off too, so it's just it's just a
2: lot of technique involved,
5: especially depending on the position you play.
2: Man, who have ever thought growing up is this game football. Offensive lineman would sit here and be able to critique it as well as he has. And Coach Lamb, of course, again, he almost was able to come on here tonight. He had something coming up at the last minute. We'll get him in here hopefully on uh, next Tuesday or maybe even Sunday night. But we are live right now all the way in Illinois and hanging out in East St. Louis. That's, of course, right across the border from St. Louis. Uh, How cool is that to be that close between two different states? Do you guys ever – get a chance to have a lot of those battle wars between, you know, those in St. Louis and you guys over here in East St. Louis? Is that kind of a rivalry game, if you will?
5: Yeah. You- well, we
2: Actually, one of our biggest rivals is um,
5: Christian Brothers Academy. Uh, well, Christian Brothers Cadets is called CBC. Um, they're actually one of our biggest rivals. We we were supposed to play them uh, first game of the season, actually, but uh, COVID kind of hit. We pushed back to spring, but Missouri's still playing. We were supposed to play them, you know. Another big rivalry that I say was about to come up was um, us versus the Smith. You know, they got a great D line, great DBs, great, great school. You know, we just wanted to compete. You know, uh, we at East St. Louis, well, in East St. Louis, you know, we don't never duck wreck. so we always looking for the best, the best competition across the country too.
2: I love it as he's sitting there coming to us live all the way from Illinois, and that is in East St. Louis, not too far away from. Well, St. Louis, this is a rival in between uh, as you're hearing him give a couple of schools. And I just love to hear, you know, uh, the different lingo that you guys have oh, over there God. in Illinois. And you hear it down here in South Carolina, but the confidence that you bring. And I love the fact that you guys came all the way, and you came in style, by the way. Now, I know that, of course, every camp you come to, they give you the swag and you guys are able to put it on and, and, and do your thing. But you guys came in ready to roll. You guys still rep the socks. You had the cleats that were matching, that, that of course, bright orange. Uh, you had a quarterback uh, that was there, but you had some other players that, you know, Miles, that weren't per se with you guys, but you knew some of the guys that were from the Missouri area. How, how nice is that to see, you know, that type of uh, following with you guys and, of course, having some other ballers from your region to come down here and take on some of the uh, the guys here in the Southeast
5: thing you know it's all about family um down in st louis and east st louis we don't get it we don't really get a lot of looks and stuff maybe because we like a little small city so you know coming down and competing and seeing everybody is kind of cool it's like a little family reunion but also it's like another same thing where we got to put on for our our city so it's like it's like it's like a vacation but at the same time we got to compete and rep rep our cities
2: Well, they tell you to work hard, play hard, and do a little bit of boats. And you guys uh, definitely worked hard. And uh, I got a chance to hang out with you guys uh, right before you got on the plane. But I also got a chance to talk to you guys there on the TV screen at the event on Saturday. A handful of you guys are getting recognized nationally. A lot of you guys have a lot of national recognition, Miles. Uh, Talk about some of the ballers that traveled with you, if you don't mind. Uh, Some of them that have offers, maybe a commitment or two as well.
5: Uh Yeah, you know, I got to start off with the head of the horse, my um, QB, Tyler Macon. Um, He's a Mizzou commit. He just actually got his four star, I think, not a month ago. Um, he had great QB, a great QB. I say great guy. Um, that's, that's my boy. I've been knowing him since I was little. Um, we actually used to play on opposite little league teams, but, you know, he older than me, so he was like, what, three years ahead of me? Um, so, me and Tyler go way back. Um, you got... Uh, the three-headed, you got the other two part of the three-headed monster. You got k Lou and LD. Um, as so far, k Lou's committed to UCLA. A great round runner, great teammate. And you got Dominique, the speedster. I say, man, one of the fastest in the area, if not the fastest. Uh, I would about to say one of the fastest in the country. That's how much faith I got into him. I got in him. Um, a couple other guys, you know, we got um, what we have. Um so a great D line. Uh D line I say is top. Um we get we getting there. Uh we just working too. So I say D line we have Foreman, um, number seventy five. Great great size, great strength. Um uh um we got we got we just we just got a lot of talent, man. It's just it's just a lot, man.
2: just a lot. Uh, you definitely have a lot of talent. Let's talk a little bit about you now that you've passed around the torch now. Let's 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 put it back in your camp over there. And uh, what what kind of looks do you have? What kind of attention are you able to get right now? And, again, coming in at your size, 6'5", 6'7", either way you look at it, you know, you're still coming in at 350. But, you know, I got to say you wear it well. Uh, You're able to move around fast. you you got great feet. Your hands are, like you mentioned earlier, that's a big deal. Coach Lamb taught you. But you also have a lot of those other coaches who, by the way, on the sideline were coaching you, you know, yelling for you as much as they could. You know, uh, how nice was it to have those coaches traveling with you? And then talk a little bit about yourself, a little bit, when it comes to some of these colleges and opportunities. Uh, if you had a choice, where would you look at? Um,
5: well, to start off with colleges. You know, um, I talked to a few schools. Um, I talked to I talked to a lot of schools actually, but I only got a few offers. Um. Anywhere I say, if anywhere I have to go, it would be any school that give me the opportunity. Uh, my door is always open. Um, I just love to have the opportunities. Just that's the biggest thing. Um, and then with the coaches, um, I just happy. I'm just happy to have the support. You know, a lot of players don't have that. So for me to have the support, and it's across the country, not just my not just my area. So that just is just a blessing in disguise.
2: Now, when you look at things, uh, as we're live right now with a big man coming all the way from Illinois, East St. Louis, Illinois. Of course, uh, Mr. Miles uh, McVay coming in here, hanging out with us for the next couple of minutes here. Uh, any chance, once this COVID thing goes, man, before you graduate, I'm hoping that a couple of coaches say, hey, you know what, I like the way these guys ball out. I'd love to see you guys make that trip down here uh, in the state of South Carolina and play somebody, man. I'm imagining not only would you bring the, the, the team with you, but I got a feeling the fans are going to travel just as much. Yeah, we get a lot of fan support. We actually got our own little travel bus
5: squad. They come with us everywhere. So, you know, and if if any we we don't duck wrecks so any school who want to play us, just call our <laughs> head coach coach son. We play anybody
2: anywhere anytime. I love it. The excitement is it. It's so exciting to hear, man. Football is definitely going to be played. I is it now March is that what I heard at the at lunch on Sunday you guys are going to be playing in later early either early March or sometime right after February. Yeah, our first game can't be played until, like,
5: March 16th, I think. It's, like, early
2: March-ish, or middle of March. How frustrating is it to see the – I mean, you literally probably could get and run or at least drive for a few minutes before you're on the other side of that border, man. Is it frustrating to see the schools that are right on the other side uh, starting and, and you guys are having to wait a little bit?
5: Um it's a little frustrating it's a little frustrating but it's also a little blessing you know we get another i say another off season to work train get bigger get faster get stronger you know it give me another off season to work on little things that i gotta work on like losing weight um moving getting so losing weight moving faster, staying lower you know it's just it's just a little blessing you know it is a little frustrating but it's also a blessing.
2: Yeah, I could only imagine when you come in here, of course, uh, and again, six five, six seven, three fifty. no matter what, this young man, Miles McVeigh, has got the hands, the feet. Of course, he mentions his coach, but he also has uh, Coach Lamb, who has uh, his own training up there in the upstate. He's part of multiple camps, does great things. He's an offensive line coach, if I'm not mistaken, up in Greenville. He has really done a great job with this young man and many around. Of course, uh, you know, you start to kind of look at now, when we talk about the schools, and again, uh, you know, when, when you look at Alabama, I can see you there. I can see you. I'd like to see you South Carolina. That's my alumni, by the way. So, I, I'd i be remiss not to try to promote you push you at least look at the game tax, man. We, we could definitely use you on the front line uh, up there today. I mean, shoot, right? Frankly, we'd probably put you to work tomorrow. But when it comes down to it, are you an SEC guy with Missouri now in the SEC? Are you a Big 12 guy? I mean, what kind of guy? And I know you're just a guy that wants to give you a chance, but – we're, growing up, man, are you the Big Twelve kind of guy? I mean, where does your alliance stand when it comes to the conference uh, of the game of college football, buddy? Man, I,
5: that's hard. But you know, you know, I gotta say it. I'm I'm just looking for a school to give me an opportunity. Yeah,
2: just give me an opportunity to play way. ball, and I'll play anywhere. <laughs> he doesn't want to shut any doors, guys, and I don't blame him, man. My God, I just I, I gotta ask you this other question. That quarterback that you just spoke of—he's the quarterback at your high school, correct?
5: Yes, sir. So is that
2: guy feeding you guys? Because you know, when I was a high school quarterback, and when I went off and played, you know, that was uh, especially in high school—it's a big thing. In college, they got it—they do—they we do our thing too. But in, in high school, you know, that was one of the big things that we got together. We fed the offensive line because I liked uh, to stay on my feet where I could do the most work. This guy—there's no way he's feeding you guys, man. Because you're all your average offensive lineman over there. Is, Easily pushing 320. I mean, you're sitting there at 350, but I know, you know, uh, most guys are sitting there between, what, 320,
5: 340?
2: Yeah, about that size, maybe a little lower. Now, are they feeding you guys over there, man? that QB over there? Is he taking you guys to dinner on Thursday night? Uh, we got to start that for <laughs> this year. You let me know. I wish. I wish, I wish he would <laughs> take me to dinner. But, no, nah, he ain't doing nothing like that. Well, we got to talk to him. I'm going to get him on the show, man. I'm going to let you work that magic out. Uh, I saw you meet the other day. I saw you eat Sunday, man. So, whoever feeds you, man, I got to be honest with you, man. I looked at your dad. I was like, man, he's already done. And uh, show a little love to the guy that was uh, that was with us, too, man. Cause I, it'd be remiss for me not to bring him in the conversation, too, because another great guy who did another great job performing well, getting after it, great feet work, great opportunities that were given, and he took advantage of it. Who was with us uh, on Sunday? Oh, man, um, it was my, my brother, uh, Paris Patterson,
5: Jr., um, the great, great what right guard, left guard,
2: left tackle. He can play anywhere on the line.
6: But, yeah, that's that's my little sidekick.
2: Now, how cool is it to have a guy If you guys are camping together or traveling together, you guys are rolling, you know, between towns and having conversations? Does, does he ask questions to you? Do you ask questions? I mean, how much are you guys feeding off one another – to grow together as you go together? Um,
5: You know, it's just like a little brother, big brother thing. You know, I've been doing this a lot longer than he has. Um, So he just come to me for like a little wisdom. Um, You know, I always help him out, always with the little things. Um, I say footwork sometimes, you know, hand placement. Um, I get him right with certain stuff, you know. And he teaches me a lot of stuff, too. I say aggression, big thing. He, he he, a very aggressive offensive lineman. Um, so you know, it's just a little back and forth. You know, that's that's my that's my brother.
2: Kind of balance, I love it. we're live right now, checking in all the way in Illinois. Of course, uh, we're hanging out in East St. Louis, Illinois, with the big man. Of course, Miles McVeigh, six five, three hundred and fifty pounds, and uh, I can be honest with you, he moves as quick as any offensive lineman I've seen in quite some time. As uh, we look forward to watching him and hearing from him. And, of course, uh, I've made the connection with his coaches, his father, so I can promise you we're going to be a part of watching this young man and hopefully keeping him on the radio with us as much as he can and doesn't mind doing this uh, with us here on Southern Sports Central. Now, there was a little bit of jarred back and forth between you guys and the school out of Charlotte, Huff High School. That's the school, by the way, I'd like to see you guys play against because they got about 23 dudes right now with offers. And I know you guys got a handful of dudes. A lot of them went offers. One of them, like you mentioned, going to UCLA. How cool was it in between the lines? Because I know once y'all got off the field, it was back to being brothers. But in between the lines, how cool was it to come in somebody else's yard and, and try to run a little bit of the yard and making sure that uh, they knew where you guys came from and they wouldn't forget even if you left? Oh, man, it
5: was good. It was just the fact of competing with different schools. And, you know, um, like I've been saying, we on Duck Wreck. They can call us any time. Uh, we'll, come, we'll come step on that yard for real. We was just showed them, a little, we showed them a little preview, a little demo. But don't <laughs> let us get the whole team down there. They,
2: they wouldn't want that. Man, I can only imagine. I tell you, man, Eugene, we may have to put this thing together for them. And I know there's a, school, a couple of schools down here, one, in, one or two down here in Charleston. There's one up there in Columbia, maybe two or three in Columbia uh, that I know I'd like to have a conversation with about bringing you around town. Uh, let me ask you this here before we get you out of here, Miles, and I do want you to make sure you tell Dad I appreciate you letting me come in here and hanging out with me tonight. I know we have talked about this uh, for a couple of weeks, uh, and, of course, your coaches for letting this happen as well. Uh, give me something about you, man. And again, this can't be nothing football. <laughs> give me something about you that's different, something you like to do when you ain't playing the game of football and you're not watching videos on football. What does a big man like you do for fun?
5: Um,
2: I, I like to read.
5: And you know, like I to read. you might be the second no. guy that's ever told me that on this show. Keep going. Uh, it's reading and grinding, if I have to say. Even though you say no wow. football, it's football and school. You know, the two biggest things that's important to me, or the two things that are important to me right now. Um, right. So what are you looking at as God's far as um, educating wise? Um, education. You know, I want to. Mm. I don't. I haven't really came to an exact pinpoint of what I want to major in, but. Just, I'm open to anything right now. I'm still thinking, but things I came up with was like sports science, physical therapy. Um, My father's a businessman, so maybe, maybe business. You know, I watch him work all the time, so it wouldn't his job don't seem that bad. So I'd be a businessman.
2: Oh, I can only imagine the look you're getting from Dad right now when you said his bad. Josh won't look that bad right now. He's thinking, man, you ain't grinding in their grind. I'm grinding in. But nevertheless, Miles, we greatly appreciate you coming into the show tonight. I got your shirt coming, by the way. So I got to catch up with you off the air to make sure I send you the right size over there. But uh, I do appreciate it, man. I really enjoyed hanging out with you on Sunday night before you guys got on a plane and it meant a lot that y'all took time to call, reach out, and make sure that we were all able to connect, and uh, hopefully we get you back down here to the Carolinas real soon and maybe down here to Charleston uh, a little bit closer uh, for a couple more days, buddy. But uh, God bless you. Stay safe, and uh, we'll catch up here soon. All
5: right. Thanks for having
2: me. Always a pleasure, ladies and gentlemen. Look at that. Six foot five, 350 pounds. He is a man child. This cat can move. He can groove. I bet he's quite the dancer on the floor. And I meant to ask him if he's a basketball guy. For some reason, I think he's played basketball too. Miles, you still with us, buddy?
5: Yeah, I'm still here.
2: Okay, real quick. I, I meant to ask you, and it hit me as I was getting ready to send you off, man. Do not you Do you play basketball as well as football? Is that is that another sport, or is it just all football? Um,
5: I used to play basketball. I still do. Well, sometimes, you know, I got a coach that, that has an AAU team down here, so I sometimes will all work right. out with him. Don't tell Coach Hunk that. (laughs) I'm um, also. uh... (laughs) Say it again. Go ahead. I'm listening. So, yeah, I got a coach. I got a coach down. You hear
2: that? Do basketball. We won't tell nobody, man. We'll keep it between you, me, and everybody listening. But uh, we promise, guys. Don't tell this coach (laughs) that he's playing basketball. Hey, Miles, man. God bless you. Stay safe, man. We'll see you soon. Thank you. Right on. All right, ladies and gentlemen, there he goes, just like that. I tell you what, Eugene, I'll bring you back in. You and I will hang out here for a couple of minutes before we uh, shoot to a quick break and, and kind of recap this thing, man. But, yeah, you, you hear the excitement in his voice, but you know what was the excitement? I love the confidence, man. This young cat coming in, he's an up-and-coming sophomore. He's a class of 2023. He's a, I mean, he's a man-child. He's every bit of 300. And, Forever pounds, and he's six foot. He says four, but he's lying because he's six foot six, man. You know, I stood beside him the other day. You saw Miss V take a picture with him, and you couldn't even find her. I mean, yeah, I get she's only five one or five foot, but, I mean, you know, but he's as. I don't think I want to go in between the lines with him, for sure, but outside the lines, man, he's as gentle as a giant, man. I mean, this dude is uh, very humble, very well respectful. Uh, At at lunch on Sunday, as these guys were going to be boarding the plane, you know, his mannerisms were great. His teammates, same thing. Of course, mom and dad were there, so that, that probably played a little bit of a role. But maybe not, though, because they were the same guys when we talked on the sidelines and when we walked around, you know, the event. But we also got a chance to see him in Atlanta. It was the same mentality. It was the same thing. I mean, this young man, like he said, he enjoyed just balling and grinding. Second kid, by the way, the first one was Cameron. He, of course, is the running back over there in Olympic high school. Charlotte came on a while back. Say he likes to read, but he said he likes to read and the grind. I mean, you know, if that's not a, uh, a going to get every head football coach in college's ears perk up, man, that ain't nothing will.
3: I'll tell you what. There's a, a head coach I was just watching with the offense coordinators in the background I had on a Paul Feinbaum's show earlier, trying to see, what you know, what was going on, if there's any changes in the SEC or whatnot. Uh, there's a school not too far from him that, oh, by the way, they love – big, strong offensive lineman because they love to run the ball, and that's Arkansas. As we saw mm. uh, last week, Arkansas came after a kid here at uh, in Mount Pleasant and offered a big Monroe who was at the camp. So I don't know if Arkansas was watching, but, you know, St. Louis and, and uh, Fayetteville aren't that far apart, especially in mm-hmm. considering, you know, you get to play for an SEC school. But, uh, you know, and maybe he's the guy that's interested in Missouri. But, you know, like you said, he's not limited to himself. Right now, he's going to be a sophomore. You know, he's got a lot of ball to play. He's got a lot of developing of his own game and his body. Uh, I thought it was kind of interesting, you know, he, he picked out an NFL player, and uh, Joe Thomas, and he said, you know, if he's not reading and grinding, apparently he's watching a lot of film, because he said he watches a lot of stuff that Joe Thomas is, does with his hands on the inside, and pads, and leverage, and things like that. So, you know, here's a guy that that a, a, a rising sophomore is very mature, and I guess you know it probably helps that Dad, you know, pretty familiar with the game and coaching and, and pushing them and and keeping them focused and on that level because uh you know you you met Dad 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 there everywhere he goes kind of in his hip pocket so to speak and uh, so I will say something about the photos I did uh, share that photo with Miss B standing up to him Miss uh uh. He yeah, looks like she could be his belt buckle I mean she she comes right up right up to about the belt buckle on this gentleman, and uh you know he he's he's a massive, massive man. I saw one of the pictures when you were doing his uh uh television thing, and I know how tall yeah. Monroe was uh, and because I even watched monroe's uh measurements when he checked in, you know when he says six five uh in, in the video he's not that shy of Monroe and monroe's six feet, so uh I don't know what measurements they've been using there, and maybe the young man just being real humble. But uh, I I don't see 6'5", because I saw a 6'8", dude standing right there beside him in the video. There wasn't a huge gap in height. Now, he had a lot of girth compared to Monroe. Monroe was 266. So, you know, he's got the size, but he'll reshape that body. He'll get on, and uh, he'll he'll keep developing his game and uh, moving forward.
2: Yeah, no doubt about it. But let's do this. Let's move forward. Let's take a break. And uh, come back, we'll wrap it up. I've got an announcement coming up here, uh, here coming out of break about my future here. I've waited for the right time, and I'll broadcast it tonight. And then maybe social media will see the other side of it. But uh, you know, uh, again, we'll we'll talk about where's Richie going to be on Friday nights, so and that's going to be released. Come out of break, guys! Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Southern Sports Central live right here on Blog Talk Radio, guys. Don't go anywhere.
4: stands the glass, that will ease all my pain, that will settle my brain, it's my first one to take, first the glass. Your sister at work I saw your mama at church I'm pretty sure I saw your car at the mall I see your face
2: Welcome back, everybody. I do want to thank all of our guests here tonight before we uh, get into our final segment here. Of course, this segment is going to be brought to you by our good friends over at Gerns Pharmacy, located at 140 South Main Street in Somerville, Carolina. You can find them over at GernsPharmacy.com and on the mobile at 843-873-2531. Big-time contributors to local high school football, and uh, I believe she's the Clemson Tiger. Something tells me. She's a Clemson Tiger, but that's all right. She appreciates and loves them all around uh, the world of uh, athletics. Now, did just get a message from Mr. Miles, and I said he was 6'7". He said he was 6'5". I'm not going to argue with him. I mean, 6'5", 6'7". Hey, he wants to be 6'5". I'm going to let him be 6'5". And he just inboxed me and said, I kept wondering why you said I was 6'5". At the end, I said, well, and then his dad, I guess, chimed in, Eugene, and said, well, you told Rich you were 6'5". He kept telling you were 6'7". But he is 6'7", by the way. He is actually 6'7", and uh, every bit of 350 pounds. And uh, he was uh, one of uh, a handful of really incredible young men that joined us here tonight, and I want to thank all of our guests who who did make that opportunity uh, reality here tonight, and all of them were featured at the Carolina Experience Prep Football Showcase this past weekend. I want to thank these guys for doing what they did. And it started off at 7 o'clock with the – Mr. Athlete, linebacker, running back, 5'11", Rhett Powell over there, of course, uh, coming out of South Carolina. He is part of uh, Joe Call's group over there at Oceanside. And then we headed over to North Carolina, right, where we checked in with Sean Brown, the up-and-coming class of 2023. That's right. He is a young man, but doing big things uh, out of uh, the state of North Carolina, running back, 5'8", 145 pounds, Almost, I mean, almost at a thousand yards as a freshman in football—that's a big deal, playing as a freshman. Then all of a sudden, we headed over and talked to Mr. Michael Mason. He was with, uh, of course, uh, Coach Perry Parks, and uh, that would be Ridgeview. He is a strong safety at six-two, two hundred pounds, and uh, representing the state of South Carolina. Then we finished off with the big man, with a bang, if we will, six-seven. I said it, six-seven. 350 pounds, of course, uh, that is going to be uh, Miles McVeigh. Miles McVeigh from Illinois. And uh, he, of course, is uh, with um, a very impressive group of young men out of East St. Louis. East St. Louis is uh, going to be his um, his uh, stomping grounds for the next couple of years. He is class of 2023. So uh, I do want to thank all of those young men who joined us uh, here tonight to did what they needed to do. And, uh, again, always an opportunity uh, to talk to these young men. And when we say that, you know, we get this opportunity to go to these camps and, and, and be it the guys at the Carolina Experience, be it the guys over there at the affinity camp. They open the doors. They open their circle. They open the opportunity for us to interview so many great athletes. But to hear these men tell us their vision, their stories, and, and, and their passion is, is the fun part about it. Again, uh, you know, each one of these guys have a different path. Eva, e- e- e, all of them have a similar passion, but their, their, their way of getting there is going to be so different. So it was a lot of fun having them on uh, here with us tonight. So, of course, uh, if you're listening here tonight, Eugene, I, I did mention this uh, as I was going away from break. And, you know, I uh, wanted to kind of put some things, uh, I guess, to rest. A lot of people kind of curious, you know, where, you know, where am I going to be come Friday nights? And, uh, you know, for the last so many years, You know, I've uh, been right there with Coach Joe Call. I was right there with Coach uh, McKissick. And, uh, you know, being able to be, um, you know, the voice of uh, the Somerville Green Wave uh, for the last 10, 11 years uh, in one way, shape, or form has been uh, a blast. I did it with the TV. I did it, of course, with some radio. And um, being that with uh, Coach Call uh, for the last uh, few years there, uh, it was an honor. It was an opportunity that uh, y'all will always be grateful for. And, uh, you know, I got an opportunity uh, as as Coach Call moved on to Oceanside. And, you know, we said goodbye to a legendary coach, uh, John McKissick. Uh, You know, I'm very blessed to say that I have a 600 jacket here with me and uh, I've got a a suit that was given to me uh, from him. And, uh, you know, all of that means the world to me. And it will always hold a special place in my heart. Uh, But when they got in uh, a new coach who I think is going to do great things over there at Somerville, and uh, I really do. I think Ian Rafferty is going to do a lot of great things over there. Um, you know, we uh, we kind of put some things together. And um, I decided at this point it would be best for me uh, to, to try some new things uh, for my career, uh, for what I want to do. And, uh, you know, we're going to uh, take what I do and uh, had the opportunity to talk to some coaches around the state and around the low country. And, uh, you know, having an opportunity to go to Fort Dorchester and work uh, for uh, Coach Steve LaFrad in the same form that I did with Coach McKissick and Coach Joe Hall was, was an opportunity, quite frankly, that was fitting right in the angle of, uh, of, of my path and my pattern. You know, I started Somerville with a vision, and, and, and Coach McKissick continued to remind me to put something in the bucket so I could put something out, to do something. Don't wait for somebody to do it for me. And, uh, you know, I, I've always done that. And it's like I told Coach Call this morning in a conversation is that, you know, the people that I was there with, you know, aren't there anymore. And, uh, you know, this gave me a chance to work with Coach Le Pratt and his staff and, and, and these football players over there at Fort Dorchester this year, and I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I'm looking forward to doing some new things, uh, you know, and, and, and getting, building some new relationships, building some new bridges and, and, and doing, doing some things that, quite frankly, is the next chapter of, of my life and where I'm trying to take not only myself and my family in Southern Sports Central. You know, I've watched a lot of great memories in Somerville. I've seen a lot of great things happen, and and I will forever be grateful for the families that I've had a chance to be in their homes and to interview their their, their children and to, to give tutorials of how to say their last names. Uh, but at the end of the day, you know, I knew with the new coaches coming in, this gave another opportunity for them to grow their way and for me to grow my way. Uh, but uh, I'm very excited, Eugene, I can tell you, uh, to to be able to go to, to Fort and, and to work with Coach uh, Laprade and to work with so many great coaches over there that I've built this relationship because of the luck of Southern Sports Central. is uh, it, It's exciting for me and my family and, and definitely looking forward to taking the Southern Sports Central family there. You know, we're still going to cover everybody across the board. You know, that doesn't change anything. We covered Fort when we were at Somerville. You know, we had their cats come on. We actually had one of their kids commit right here on Southern Sports Central. Now he's at Navy. But, uh, you know, I am excited. I'm very excited about the opportunity. I'm going to learn a lot with another, you know, Hall of Fame coach, a guy that's uh, done a lot of great things here in the low country. Uh, you know, I give him a lot of credit. You know, uh, not many events I show up that he's not at. It could be a band event. It could be a Little League event. It could be any event. Usually you're going to see Coach and Miss Beth, right there uh, in, in attendance supporting whatever's going on. And I that right there made it so much easier for me when I was looking at where do I take my next steps, so uh, look forward to it. Look forward to the opportunity, and uh, I do want to say again, I am very grateful for the opportunities I've had at Somerville, but I look forward to growing going forward uh, in, in, in my career and uh, taking my, you know, w- what my dreams are to to work with another outstanding coach.
3: And I'm real proud of you. Uh, one of your you biggest fans. <laughs> Seems to be a little shocked, and, uh, you know, with the laughing emojis, I I know Brody's real happy for you, and everybody is. I know you touched a lot of lives over the past few years, and that's not just players, but players' families as well and and, and, uh, coaches and people associated with the athletic program over there, and not just football, but it's basketball, baseball, track, you know, the men's sports, the women's sports. It's been everything, man. You know, you've been the guy that's been there every afternoon. As soon as you got off work, you you went straight to the – straight to the school, straight, straight to the kids in in a sense. And, uh, you know, you've always been able to highlight them, feature those kids, not just for what they do on the field, but what they do in the classroom, what they do in life, what they do, you know, uh, uh, when the, the sports over, when, uh, you know, the lights are turned off, you know, what they do when they get home, who they hang out with. You've had many a meals with a lot of, uh, you know, athletes and family members and coaches, and just kind of been a, a part of every program on the campus and, uh, I know they're sad to see you go. I know they're happy to see you blossom. And, you know, from me personally, you know, I've been proud of you. I've been, you know, part of this, you know, I guess the whole process with you. You know, when when interviews came up and things were, you know, you were talking. And, you know, I know it's been hard because, you know, it's hard to leave such a great family that you've been a part of for all these years. And, you know, but, you know, I guess what I told you was, you know, sometimes you got to – you know, kind of spread your wings a little bit and take your brand and, and see how you can grow it yourself and um, not being selfish. It's just, you know, you, you, you go somewhere and, and you do great things, and then sometimes it's, you know, all right, well, now it's time to leave the nest and go do it somewhere else a little bit too. I mean, we've seen great coaches do that. I mean, like Spurrier said, you know, 12 years at Florida, a uh, school that gave him everything, you know, it started him in life. Uh, so to speak, you know, and he won a Heisman Trophy. And he said, you know, well, 12 years, I gave him 12 years. That's, you know, it's time to go do it somewhere else and see if I can build something somewhere else and, and help other kids in other programs. So, you know, it's a very similar thing. It, it, it's always heartbreaking to leave one situation. But, you know, I, I know uh, Coach LaPrade and those guys and, and the athletes are, you know, have their arms open, man, where, where you're, you're giving one hug goodbye, you're giving one hug hello. And, um, and I, I know you're going to do great things, and I know they're uh, – Going to set you up uh, to do great things, you know, with what you do, and support you and all your goals as well.
2: Yeah, yeah, no doubt about it. And again, you know, that's the one thing that I will say is this: is that you know, that even in my days up in the box and and, and carrying on and going through, you know, uh, Coach Sprad has always treated me like family. He's always been nice to me. Never, you know, he, he never, you know, was ever anything other than than kind to me. His whole family's been that way, uh, from his two sons to his daughters. It was always you know, a a respect of, again, look, I I love these kids, you know, at the end of the day, and that's what it comes down to. And and, and there's not a child out here that that I can tell you, no matter the school they go to, no matter where they are, that that I don't love them because that's why I'm out here. That's the platform, you know, and and at the end of the day, you know, that's the reality is that I love these kids. I love to see them excel. I love to hear them going to college and not just play a sport, but get an education and further their life and, and to get to the next spot. To me, it's, that's that's huge, you know, and that's that's what drives me. And, again, you know, uh, it, it just was the right timing. Timing was everything here. And, uh, you know, I look forward to it. I am excited. You know, I, I've got a great relationship with a lot of coaches over there at Ford. I've had that thanks to the radio show, thanks to Twitter, thanks to just being, I like to say, a good guy, just being real, you know, not jumping in and, and, and jumping to a conclusions and always figuring out the answers and, and working one-on-one. You know, I've always been that guy, and, and that's just me. You know, Coach Steele and I have, has become great friends in the last three or four years. Now we have a chance to work together. The basketball coach before Fort and I are good buddies. So, you know, th- this is the way it works. And, oh, by the way, Coach Barga that, that that we just got a chance to talk about earlier and, and having his service tomorrow, you know, he is a brother of mine at church, you know, and he's one of the big-time names over there uh, at, at that same school that we're talking about. But I'm excited, you know, and to me, Eugene, like you said, you know, this is an opportunity for me, and I'm looking forward to it, and the guys – you know, we are, are very welcoming all the way across the board, you know, and uh, how fitting was it that we had a, uh, you know, the feature with uh, Ford Orchester, we had their principal on, we had their AD slash their uh, their football coach and their baseball coach came on coach Ronnie Sayers. So, you know, uh, it's uh, it's exciting times, man. A lot of growth happening, you know, while um, I sit here, I look forward to, uh, you know, the new chapter coming up, man. And uh, of course, uh you know, uh, we'll be around. We're going to keep doing some things. And uh, more to come out, by the way, at Southern Sports Center, A lot of growth happening. But, uh, you know, again, I do want to say this from the bottom of my heart to all those in Somerville, you know, thank you. Thank you for being nice to my family. Thank you for treating my family like family. You know, we, we gave a lot of Friday nights with you guys. And uh, my kids sitting in, in, in press boxes on many a nights uh, to watch football. And uh, you guys uh, high-fived them and hugged them and loved on them during that time. And I greatly appreciate that uh, going forward. So we'll look forward to seeing how God, you know, well, like we say, we close that door, we open the new door, and this is the chapter that I'm looking forward to now. And, uh, you know, tomorrow of course, uh, you know, I will be over there remembering coach Skip Parker. I'll be also at the funeral uh, service as well, because it's, uh, you know, again, that's the church where I'm a member at. And and of course he and I, and many of us stood in front right there uh, before the service started, we would we would hash it out about life and and athletics and anything else that came across. We were trying to solve it. And then we'd go to service, come back and and do it again. But, you know, it's interesting, Eugene, a year ago, you were coaching on the sideline at Oceanside. And here you are now taking your dream in the Kicking Academy along with Southern Sports Central and welcome you. Of course, we're excited to have you here. But, uh, you know, that enables you to do different things. So, you know, this is is the way it works out. And uh, God has a way of moving us and putting us where we need to be.
3: Yeah, it does, and, uh, you know, thankful to Coach LaPrade for uh, allowing the, you know, the radio show to keep going and doing what you do with that. Um, I know that was part of the conversation uh, with something that, that's been building. You know, it's kind of the same thing like you and I both said, um, you know, it's kind of the, the the motto that's that's in our charter uh, when we incorporated the radio show was Here We Grow, and uh, it's about growth. Uh, you know, it's not about closing doors. It's about opening many, many, many more doors. Um, and, and that's what this is about. And I know, you know, when, uh, several people will reach out to you, I mean, it's just what it's about. It's about growing, you know, it's like, we don't cover just one school on the show. We don't cover just one state. You know, we just added Illinois to the fold, you know, tonight. And, uh, you know, we've had California, we've had Texas, we've had Arkansas, Alabama, Georgia, uh, you know, Tennessee, uh, North Carolina, South Carolina, uh, you know, and, and we're looking forward to covering many, many more states and many more athletes. It's just a platform. Uh, no matter, you know, who's behind the mic and what they're doing, it's just, uh, you know, it's, it's about featuring athletes, giving them a platform to come in and coaches and, and people like that and trainers, and, and uh, we've even had principals and athletic directors. It's about, you know, just exposing uh, the athletes, the programs, Uh, getting them out there, trying to create opportunities for people, whether it be, you know, the athletes getting to the next level, coaches talking about what they're doing, uh, talking about their school and promoting their brand. Same as principals who come on and talk about athletics and academics. You know, you mentioned the 4-D. You know, he he spent – the principal came on and spent about – ten minutes talking about the different athletic programs. We know they have a ton of state championships and titles and trophies out the wazoo, but he spent time talking about the band. He spent time talking about the arts programs and the debate teams and, and things like that because, you know, it's, it's the whole high school experience when we're talking about high school athletics and high schools in general. Uh, it's the whole high school experience. It's four years of growth. Uh, and I know, you know, it's a sports show, so we focus on athlete, uh, athletes. But, you know, the playing the sport is, is just one part of the high school experience, that four-year experience. And so, um, again, this is, it's a great opportunity to grow, man. Can't can't say enough how proud I am of you uh, and supportive of everything you do. Um, even when you and I sign butt heads sometimes, you know, we still love each other, we still support each other as brothers do. And, uh, you know, that, that's just – I can't – again, man, I'm just so happy for you. I know it's a good fit. I know something that you've been looking forward to do is doing some more television. I know I saw how excited you were last Saturday uh, to be on television so much. I, I felt at times I was uh, drowning on the radio because I'm used to having you know some <laughs> there, somebody there with me. But, uh, you know, I, hopefully I kept a head above water enough to get air. And, uh, you know, it was just fun watching you do it, man, because I know you love it so much.
2: Yeah, I do, and and you know, as much as I love doing it for me, I love doing this for the kids and and having that opportunity, you know, to 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 talk about it, Eugene. I appreciate the kind of words, and and I hope everybody understands here. You know, again, I hope everybody understands. I'm, you know, again, you see what you see there, and again, for me, you know, it this gave me a chance to to say thank you, to give my platform, to thank those who have been in my path and have been in my, you know, been in my past even, you know, and and who have helped me, you know, who who hopefully realized. That, that, you know what, I, I took time to interview you. I took time to talk to you. I took the time to put you out here so that you would get this exposure that you're getting, that you have gotten on the radio, that you have gotten, be it on on the on, on covering you as well. I mean, you know, that's that's how you have to look at life. And, and again, I'm just excited because I know I can speak on behalf of Fort Worchester these guys. Uh, again, it's, it's all business, you know, and, and I look forward to grinding with these guys and, uh, you know, you know, I I wish Somerville the best of luck. I always will. You know, I know a lot of those dudes. I've talked to a lot of those dudes. I've called a lot of them and had one on ones with them because I wanted them to hear from me. You know, that's not how I roll. I don't roll like that very well. I know some of the guys that have gone off to college and and it's not as easy. You know, and uh, you know, but I but I've watched these kids grow. You know, a lot of these kids are either my daughter's age who graduated two years ago, or my son that are graduated this year. You know, I've watched a lot of these same young guys grow and. Uh, You know, not just here or there, everywhere. And, uh, you know, it's a lot of fun. And and I thank God, at the end of the day, this is, to me, this is a a platform. This is the ministry that God's given me an opportunity to do what I do here on Southern Sports Central to to promote so many young athletes. And you mentioned it today. You know, we've been in California. We've been in Texas, North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, Florida, Arkansas, Alabama, right? I mean, we've hit other states around the coastline of of the East Coast, and we've cut – all the way into others, but have we ever until tonight hit Illinois? Nope. But now we're in the state of Illinois, and, and to hear all of these young, soon to be, you know, grown men talking their vision and talking their talk and being a part of what we do here, you know, that's the big thing. And again, yeah, I left I hear one a out. Success too. story. It's amazing. We, we we I
3: left one out that was really important because that was a great interview with Connecticut. We've been in the state of Connecticut too.
2: Yeah, we hit Connecticut with a guy that had it. Uh, of course, uh, a touch of uh, South Carolina up there in Rock Hill, right, who had some connections with the Coastal. So, you know, we, we are very excited to do what we do. And, uh, you know, again, uh, Southern Sports Central, we want to thank everybody that opens their ears to us, that opens their opportunities to us, sponsors that, that want to come on board. We'd love to have you. If you see what we see, at the vision for the youth. This is an opportunity to allow these young people to speak, to give them a chance to have a voice. And uh, you know when I, when I start to kind of put things together, when I start to understand things, uh, you, know, uh, you know that to me is is, is all a vision from God. And again, everything I do, I do in His name, and I move in uh, His glory. You know, and I don't hide from that. I don't. I don't. I don't run from that. I don't run from from when I know I am. And uh, you know, it's just a lot of fun. We're going to look forward to it. It's going to be a great season, though. Eugene, of course, you know he's going to be bouncing around. You know, he's going to have a chance now to do a couple of things, you know, I, you know, I know he's going to have his eyes on a couple of schools because he's got a couple of dudes everywhere, you know, so for him, he's going to have an opportunity to do some things too. So we'll put, you know, him to work in different platforms with that Southern sports central logo shirt on. And like I said, uh, you know, I look forward to my new challenge and uh, my new opportunity, you know, by challenge, I mean that, you know, you know, it it is going to bring, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to learn some new things. I'm going to learn a lot of new names and uh, you know, I'm going to make a lot of new, you know, uh, relationships. And uh, that's what God has called us out here to do, right? I mean, that what we're out here to do is to build uh, the relationship. And uh, I look forward to that. And I already know a bunch of guys over there already. So it was it was kind of fun to, to be over there yesterday for a minute and say hello to everybody. And, um, you know, I've gotten some calls uh, already from a few uh, with congratulating me on this opportunity. But, again, you know, you always want to see somebody get better. You always want to see somebody take, take that opportunity to, to strive and drive and, and to have you know, their vision, their mission uh, accomplished. But it's going to be a good year. We're looking forward to 2020 football season, got a month away. And uh, we got a lot more here on Southern Sports Central. So, uh, you know, I thought about it, Eugene, and I just I wasn't sure when the timing was going to be. But, you know, uh, let's go ahead. I always say, hey, man, let's go ahead and put it out there and uh, let's keep moving. Because at the end of the day, you know, uh, this is, uh, you know, uh, something I'm excited about. It's a new opportunity for me. And uh, looking forward to working with a lot of new great people here going forward. But, again, my biggest reason was to personally, locally, because I can't call everybody, is to just say thank you to Somerville for the opportunities that you gave me. And, uh, you know, I wish you guys the best of luck going forward. I know Coach Ian Rafferty uh, is going to do a great job over there at Somerville. Uh, I, I think he's going to do great. But uh, I look forward to, you know, to, to uh, the new chapter and to the new Uh, to the new goals that I'll be putting forward uh, in front of me with the athletic director and the new, of course, the head coach over at Port. Uh, You know, he's going to have a list. He's going to have a, you know, a goal sheet. And I'm ready for uh, for that as Coach Call did that for me. And, Coach, uh, I do want to thank Brian Rutherford, uh, who also, uh, you know, gave me a chance over there at Somerville uh, to do what I did as well. So, personally, um, you know, again, I want to say thank you again to everybody who had, a little hand in that in that cup during or that bucket uh, that we were working together for those years that we worked together.
3: Well, again, man, proud of you. I'm uh, looking forward to getting a pair of those blue shorts. You know my size, man, uh, and I, yeah, I've seen those guys wear them at the camps. I tell you, it's going to be the first uh, weekend we don't actually have an official camp to cover. I will be in Charlotte on Sunday. Uh, got a good. Uh, you met um, uh, Mr. Dan Orner who came down from Charlotte to uh, work with some guys. Uh, from James Island, Lucy Beckham, uh, and Oceanside over at the Citadel. Uh, Some of those guys will be traveling up to Charlotte, joining in. uh, Oh, and North Augusta was there here in Charleston. Uh, Some of those guys, as well as the Rock Hill guys, uh, Spartanburg guy will be up in uh, Charlotte with us on Sunday. Uh, So we'll be there from about 1 to, I think, about 3 o'clock. So we're looking forward to that. Safe travels to everyone, buddy,
2: and just proud of you. Yeah, no doubt. It's going to be a a busy weekend. Saturday, we will be early over in the Creek, I believe, but they will be doing some, uh, some one-on-ones with uh, defensive backs, some linemen on the defense and offensive side, some running backs is uh, Coach Sullivan. The guys over there, of course, I believe a couple of the guys from uh, right over there at the fitness center that we, of course, work out with and help out with over there at the factory. These guys will be a part of this as well, but there's going to be a lot of really – Really impressive uh, young men out here working out with a lot of the local talent around the low country. So if you're not ready, get ready because the season is on its way and it's on its way in a fast hurry. Now, that will do it here for tonight's show. I want to thank all of our sponsors, Gurren's Pharmacy, Simmons Barbershop, of course, The Factory, Sports and Fitness Training Studios, and Kent Farm for all that they have done and all they continue to do so that we can do, well, what we do here. On Southern Sport Central, guys. I hope you guys stay safe stay distance. Remember, it's up to you whether we have the complete season or just a game or two. And again, when you do what you're supposed to do, everything else shall follow. Until next time, guys, we will see you live right here on Southern Sports Central on Sunday night, guys. Take care. In a
4: time full Full of doubt, just believe. Yeah.